Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is? Huh? Hump day! Good morning, everyone, and happy hump day from the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. It's 7 o'clock. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke Grimsley is here being a Georgia girl today. Kerry Davis is here, Super Bowl champ. Uh, he's got his... Hazelwood Central Hawks t-shirt ready to rock and roll as they start their season Saturday night yep. at MOBAP, correct? Correct. Against Lutheran North. Good yep. luck there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, make it over. That should be your high school team. If, you, if you're if you from St. Louis and you really aren't attached to your high school, I know it's weird, yeah. but Brooke, you could become a Hazelwood Central. You aren't, uh, you don't have high school here, so you're no. Hazelwood yeah. Central. I, you can I can I do that? Is there something uh, I need to do? No, not at all. Just, not uh, at all? Get a, get a t-shirt, I'll get you one, and we are good to go. Okay. All right, I'm no longer you're, an you're Oakland Patriot there from Tennessee. Oh, no, you can, you can I mean, be both. Oh. That's, yeah. uh, this can be Unless your St. Louis high school. the Oakland Patriots, which okay. I don't think we will. No. no. <laughs> not <laughs> when you're not. coaching? <laughs> okay, guys, a uh, uh, number of the day for you. So the last time the Cardinals were really, really, really horrible was 1995. Uh, that was a truncated season because they had had the strike the year before, and the strike didn't end until into spring training, so they only played 144 games. The 1995 Cardinals finished with a record of 62 wins and 81 losses for a 429 winning percentage. Right now, your St. Louis Cardinals, following a 6-3 loss to the world champion Pirates last night, they have a 433 winning percentage. This is what we're dealing with right now, folks. Historically bad. Yeah, it has felt like this this entire season, mm-hmm. so I'm not surprised that we have hit the historically bad point. Because there's been so many moments, right, mm-hmm. of the of being this bad. I don't even know what to say at this point. I, I just want to know how fans feel. I see the anger on social media, but have we just gotten to a point where it's angry or are you just kind of at the five stages of grief that we talked about? I felt like earlier this season, what part of the five stages of grief are you at? Totally, total acceptance for me. Acceptance? Yeah. No longer denial. No. Anger and rage. We've gotten past that one. Yeah, once they made the trades, I totally accepted my lot in life with this addition to the Cardinals. By the way, over the course of a full season, 1990 is still the standard at 70 and 92. And I think this Cardinal club is going to have difficulty getting to 70. That's that's so frustrating, so hard to hear. Um, You're watching this team. I mean, we we, we were listening to the sound from Adam Wainwright before we got on. People are trying. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know. But it doesn't matter if you don't win, and it doesn't matter if you don't play well. You can try as hard as you want. If you can't get the win or you can't have success, it's it's tough to watch. And I'm sure many Cardinal fans, as as we are watching this team, and Randy, you've been watching much longer than I have. You much longer. You are. <laughs> I, I mean, at what point we got to watch it, right? Because we work. But at what point do do Real Cardinal fans say, you know what, man, I don't need to watch this That's today. got to be alarming for ownership, right? Yeah. When the, the stand, Sunday, you weren't going to have a ton of people in the stands because it was 9 million degrees. But we're going to get to September, and there's going to be nobody sitting there, and there's going to be no excitement around the team, and the Blues will be getting ready, and we've got our first-place soccer team. And the Thunder, the September, 
the fall thunder will be taken away from the Cardinals because I think that from what I visualized, I was at the Friday night game and it was a decent crowd, but it was the last Friday before school started. And we had like, what, 30,000, maybe 32 in the stands. That's got to be really alarming for ownership and and the front office. It has to be, and I hope that it is. I think that it's clear that this season has been a giant wake-up call for the organization because this isn't just a one-off season in a lot of ways. I think that there is times where it's like, all right, there's a lot of bad luck happening, but it got to the point where you couldn't say it was bad luck anymore. It seems like there's some organizational things that need to be addressed. I hope that they address it this offseason because the fans do deserve more than what we've seen this season, especially at this point. To me, I think a lot of people maybe are still tuning in to see the development of Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, now that he's up, some of these younger players see them get the opportunity. And also, painfully, I think a lot of people were hoping to see Adam Wainwright get to 200, and we've been waiting for that. Not so much. So last night at PNC Ballpark, and Matthew, is was that an angry uh pull off of the it got hot in here really quick no it was just really yeah it was just weird because i wasn't expecting it to be hot in here because even with the ac blasting it's very hot outside and i walk in here it's cold i gotta put on a hoodie and then Then we changed the thermostat and immediately got hot in here and then i was yeah i was perturbed well no that was quick because i didn't know how quickly you were going to go to the cut so anyway last night adam wainwright cruised through three and then in the fourth inning the Pirates scored on an RBI hit by Connor Joe. Uh, and so they led by a score of one nothing. But in the fifth, the newest Cardinal superstar came through. To win this ball game anyhow. That ball's driven deep right. Palacios will watch that one sail out of here. What a series for the Palacios gang. It's a tie game on a solo homer. It's 1-1. Richie, best number 67 <laughs> in St. Louis sports history. <laughs> Is he the only? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Possibly, yeah. I think maybe in uh, in Andy McCollum's, was Andy McCollum 67 first or second? He might have been 64 in 99 and then switched to 67. I think Andy McCollum, probably tuned in right now, probably is the guy okay. as mm. the best number 67 in St. Louis sports history at the moment. There you I, go. I think that matters, you know, to, mm-hmm. to players. You want to be the best in that jersey number for... Uh, for a program or an organization. 64, 99, 67 after. Oh, there you go. Good for Richie, though. I wish that at least it's something today. exciting. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would make good trivia. <laughs> good for Richie, though, especially with the, at least if you were tuning in last night, which I know is painful at some parts, mm-hmm. but seeing him and his brother, that whole storyline was, was cool to really see. Cool. And with Richie, who knows where this goes? I know that you have a prediction of who we will be the next person of, Randy. Uh, well, or Oscar like. Mercado. Oh. Or, and I or, said, or, well, we saw where that went. That's <laughs> it, was, it was good, real good for uh, a, a short minute. span. Well, yeah, it, it was 1-1, yeah. one, one, and then things fell apart for Adam Wainwright in the fifth. And if you watched it, you know. But uh, it, So you got a, a RBI uh, ground out in the bottom of the fifth, and then an RBI double by Reynolds to score a couple, and then McCutcheon with a, a two-run homer, 6-1 to one all of a sudden, a five-run fifth inning against Wainwright. But in the sixth inning, the Cardinals were able to get a couple of runs. Contreras with an RBI hit, uh, an RBI double that scored Goldie. Alec Burleson drove one home in the seventh. And there was a little action for the Cardinals. I mean, it, it, sure, it doesn't happen in the win-loss column, but it's still kind of fun. They're going away the pitch. He struck him out. And Contreras is ejected from the game. Contreras just got thrown out. He's going to draw the strike zone. He's going to toss the bat, too. 
frustration boiling over in the Cardinals' seven. Haters hate when the bat is taken out of their hands, and Contreras, as we said a moment ago, has had the best view behind the plate. One pitch that didn't go Wainwright's way led to a big Pirates inning. Two pitches in that sequence were low, and Contreras swung and missed and got thrown out of the game, and now Oliver Marmel is going to get tossed as well, and he's still getting his money's worth with Brendan Miller. Well, this is one. This escalated quickly here, and Wilson Contreras, he came out for a little bit more. Ollie Marmel, though, got ejected in this one as well, and I think that he was going back out and said, look, look, what did I say? Did you guys see Wilson Contreras' eyes? Oh, he was <laughs> angry. Hey, but hey. he got his money's worth. I love it. Me yes, too. give me, me sign. Too. Give me, give me those guys. Yeah, exactly. Give me those. I mean, he was probably he's frustrated he's from ready the to season. Kill somebody. He's frustrated <laughs> from the game. There's a there's a level of frustration throughout, and you know, it, you sometimes you got to slam a bat down, and sometimes you got to draw the outline on the dirt so the umpire can know where the strike zone is, it, so he can know clearly. because clearly. He was struggling. Yes. I, I, he got his money's worth, at least seeing somebody with some sort of pulse out there. Because there right. is times where you're watching the games, you're like, is anybody anybody there? Are well, we alive? What's and, going on here? And to see at least some of that energy and anger, I I don't know. I and, liked it. And Brooke, the rookie, sees it and says, okay, the skipper, yeah. the, 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 the veteran, uh, all right, I, I'm in. Jordan Walker gets punched down on this pitch, down under the zone again from home plate umpire Brendan Miller. Walker upset about it, very similar to the pitch that Contreras got thrown out on. Brendan Miller's got his ears out because he's looking for trouble. Jordan Walker turned back around, said something, and got his first career ejection. Taylor Moderate enters the game in right field. It's been an ump show, that's for sure. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) <laughs> nice. <laughs> Not the hell about that. <laughs> is that just going to become Picard, a part yeah, of the show from yeah, here on yeah, out? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> he told, somebody tell him. We love him. We do. We love that yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> we do. We forgot his name, but we love him. Bookbinder. Oh, there you go. Oh, Bookbinder. Yeah. Bookbinders used to be a restaurant in Philly. Oh, so man. Mike Shannon took me to Bookbinders. He introduced me to it. It had the. It had. I would have never dreamed of ordering turtle soup. The turtle soup was delicious. Mm. Big boy, you got to try this. So he orders me a bowl of uh, turtle soup. It was delicious. I think I've had that before. It was really good. Bookbinders uh. is closed now. Anyway, the Cardinals <laughs> lose by a score of 6-3. to three, And Adam Wainwright goes four and two-thirds. Seven hits, six runs, all earned. He walked one and struck out three. Threw 69 pitches. Were the fastballs a little bit better last night? Yeah. Location-wise, command-wise. Um I just I didn't try to throw anything hard, obviously, but I was locating really well and going both ways with four seamer and cutter or and uh, sinker. So last game I had four seam, didn't have sinker. Today I had sinker and four seam. But I don't know what to tell y'all. I don't know what to tell our fan base. What do I tell them? You know, what do I say? What can I say? What can he say? He's sad. He is. Yeah. If you watch that video in the postgame comments, he looked very distraught, rightfully so, because it's it's just really tough to watch. I think that you have to be a pretty bad person to be rooting for him and to fail this season, because it seems like every single outing, there's people on social media, and I remind myself, not everybody thinks like those do on social media, because we know how those keyboard warriors get, right? Mm-hmm. You get all fired up and you say some things, and... But just seeing some of the comments that people say where the where where they take it, that he should have retired two years ago, that he's selfish, all that stuff. 
I cannot reason with that whatsoever. And with that outing last night, he looked great for those first three innings. I know that you could argue the strike zone was a big topic. Maybe he benefited from that. But how did you guys feel about the rest of it? Was Do you feel like some of that was with bad luck? Or how did you feel about the fourth and fifth inning, Randy and Kerry? Yeah, bad luck and things that he would have been able to work around maybe even last year in the first five months of the season. But he just can't work around anymore. He needs everything to go perfectly. Adam does, right? He he needs to get that strike three call. He needs the umpire to be perfect. He needs players to make plays behind him. He used to be able to work around when, when he was, he's going to be 42 a week from today. Uh, when he was 32, when he was 22, he could work around to those things and he just can't anymore. Everything needs to be perfect and line up perfectly for him to give the team a really good chance to win. I, I agree with that. And I think you, you know, he's fighting his butt off. He's trying to give you everything he's got. You do pretty well the first four innings and then it just blows up on you. It has to be a level of frustration for him knowing that he can do it, but can you sustain it? And I think that's what it all boils down to. Can I sustain it for extended period of time? And and right now, it just feels like if it's not blowing up in the first inning, mm. you're going to get yeah. to about the third, fourth, mm-hmm. where it's going to hit him. And, and that's the frustrating part for me. I, I, again, I said this last time he started, I think there's pressure on the entire team because you go the first couple of innings and don't get a run. He's not giving up anything. So now... Guys are like, we gotta, we gotta score for Adam. We gotta, we yeah. gotta make sure he can have, play with a lead, play in front, and not have to be playing from behind. And I just think everyone starts pressing because everyone knows what this means for him, for his legacy, for the Cardinals. They all want to win, but they all want to get this 200 wins for Adam Wainwright. And even the defense behind him, right? It's not the typical defense. I'm not blaming the defense behind him, but we look. There's been a lot of injuries, especially right after the trade deadline. This isn't the typical defense that he would have behind him. And we talked about, remember earlier this season, we asked him if that does play into things when they have not the typical outfield that you're seeing. And it is something that affects players even somebody like Adam Wainwright somebody as veteran as him you know who's behind you that's going to affect things yesterday before the game the Cardinals called uh, they put Matthew Libertor on the aisle what what happened Uh, he's got a a sore back oh when did that happen it was clearly about a week back oh no (laughs) at 7 13 a.m we okay did you guys did you guys read how it happened because Carrie I have to get your take on this did you did you have it ready because I'll pull it up real quick because I have to get your your take on this because it seems a little bit strange what he was doing. I think it was deadlifts. Being monitored like though that. by the being monitored by the group, trainers. Yeah. You gotta leave, use your legs. Yeah. Not your back. Lift with your back. Lift with your back. But uh, I, it's just Brooke, as you, as you look it up, the Cardinals did uh, in place of Matthew Libertor. They called up 33 year old right hander Jacob Barnes. Okay, and he joins 35 year old Casey Lawrence. And of course, as we all know, the Cardinals <laughs> were counting on 33 year old Wilking Rodriguez. So here's what I put on the Twitter machine yesterday: as you know. Look at what Houston did over the course of the last four or five years. And we know about they they found an inefficiency in the international market because players that were older than 16 were considered too old. So they go and they scout 17, 18, 19-year-old guys like Valdez and Urquidy and Garcia and Javier, and they bring them in and they win a World Series. Uh, and so here's what the Cardinals are they're, 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 they're just signing older Ready, guys, Kerry. Stop. Carrie. stop. <laughs> okay, so call me naive. I, 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 I just, just call me that. I, when I saw the injury, I'm trying to figure out when are we going to see McGreevy or Grisef. I, 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 I can't be the only one. No, I don't when think I you're saw the only one. Ram, I said, "Who the hell is this guy?" I thought he was an old center for the Rams. That's what I. And then same thing with Casey Lawrence. I was yeah. like, I was like, where, where did this name come from? I and maybe. 
Randy, mm-hmm. you can explain this to us a little bit better because why not, if we're seeing other younger guys, position players get opportunities, why not give McGreevy and Graceffa one? Where or are they just are wanting they? inning eaters What's at this point on? and they just don't care? This, this is impossible to figure out. Unless, What's the reason, though? I well, mean, they, they, there's not any... They're not going to no. get any rookie. Uh, they're not going to service time is not an issue right no, now. No. What's what's the reasoning? Why wouldn't you give? The, help I me. I don't know. I have no idea. I really okay. Wish. Well, if you don't know, yeah. then well, yeah. I, 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 I thought I maybe I was maybe there was a uh, the something only, there that I was missing out on. Well, and here's this is the most negative way to think. Okay, but it could be something as simple as I mean when you go back to. John Mosellock saying we were counting on Wilking Rodriguez. Maybe they think they're way smarter than they really are. Maybe. And what happened to Zuniga? Why? Why is he getting the treatment? Right, give him a chance. Uh, right? Well, he. I, yeah. I mean, he uh, got they sent him out. Them. Right. He did. Yes, they Sucks. did. I know. I, I don't know I, what. It, I, and maybe <laughs> I can't put my finger on it, but just to circle back real quick to the Matthew Libertor mm-hmm. thing, he injured his back doing a warm up set of deadlifts, and it trainers were present. But do you think that's a little weird that a pitcher that you're trying to evaluate right now is doing that during August? No, I don't no? have a problem with okay. lifting. Lifting is is something you do throughout the season to maintain and stay ready and stay prepared. Uh, it just clearly he was either doing too much weight or doing it doing it incorrectly and caused his uh his back to flare up. Hmm. Now we're uh, now he's out. You got another guy all to talk these, about. All yeah. these other back injuries. And uh, the White Sox yesterday fired their general manager, Rick Hahn, and their pobo, uh, Kenny Williams. They've been there forever, so they are O-U-T. Uh, and I would think that there will be another team or two, like the New York Yankees. It'll also be looking for new front office people. The White Sox, by the way, say they're going to hire a new front office by the end of this season. And uh, there you have it. We're off and running here on 101 ESPN. It is hump day. Happy hump day to you. I'm looking at Wilson. Oh, man. He was oh, bad. His eyes got huge. <laughs> uh, I, I loved that. I, I love that passion. Uh, it's Ask Uncle Randy Day here on 101 ESPN. So get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. I, I tested this because we got a new email months ago, and I just hadn't tested it. But you can also email askuncleRandy at 101ESPN.com. If you email wow. askuncleRandy at 101ESPN.com, maybe you're sitting at your desk and you have a, a question, feel free to send it to to that address, and I will get it, and I will be more than happy to answer your questions. Matthew, anything else we need to get to? Cardinals are 17 games under 500. A break. Uh, a break a next break. on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. Randy, and it is the opening drive on 101 ESPN, and it is time for Ask Uncle Randy. I've been around, you know. And if you do have a text, if you, if you got a question about what's going on in your life and you just need a little guidance, I'm here to help out. Some some people, their only issues are being able to break 80. Some people have things going on in their lives that are just completely unimaginable, and you, it's 
amazing to think that they're able to work through the issues that they work with, with sick family members and sick pets and people having all kinds of issues around them. If you have issues that you're dealing with, feel free to text in 314-399-9646-314-399. yo We want to hear from you on Ask Uncle Randy. Matthew, what do you got over there? I like this one right here. Okay, let's do it. Hey, Uncle Randy, how do you stay so fresh with your mind and conscience and what you bring to the show every day? You're like a guy that can call a great ball game and, and the game can suck just to hear you talk about the game is priceless and fun. How do you keep yourself light no matter what's going on? I have and have had for many, many, many years a belief that sports should be fun. I'm not reporting on the war in Ukraine. I'm not reporting on trying to save people. I'm reporting on games that kids play. And I get to talk about it, and they... Okay. Uh, I'm going I'm to whisper this because I know John Kioski. John Kioski earmuffs. They stupidly pay me to talk about <laughs> games for a living. And... Every problem I have is a first world problem. And so I'm not going to get sad or upset or emotionally down because these guys that are playing a kid's game are having a bad year. And I get it. The other part of it is I get that people, teams, have bad years. I grew up in the 70s watching the Cardinals have bad year after bad year after bad year. I know a lot of people don't understand the concept and they let the the team's results drive their emotion. By the way, Jack Buck would literally lose sleep, and he did it for 50 years, and he would lose sleep over bad games and bad teams. So we're all different, but that's the way I do it. I'm, I'm, I'm able, I think a lot like players, to emotionally detach myself from the last game and look ahead to the next one. I feel like you have to, right? You can't let anything like that weigh you down. You can only control what you can control, and mm-hmm. that is your emotions and your perspective and how you see things. I would never let anything weigh me down that much, even though it's hard. This season has been very daunting, even covering-wise, because you want to cover Adam Wainwright getting to 200 wins. You want to cover this team making it to the playoffs. You want to have mm-hmm. those good moments, because that's why we all sign up for this, right, right to cover sports. Uh, you don't want to cover this. No, we don't. Uh, and, and Carrie, you were talking yesterday about being in the grocery store and somebody coming up to you and saying, why aren't you working on your ankle? Yeah. And I did let, <laughs> and it was kind of easy, I did let the greatest show on turf teams guide my emotion for mm-hmm. a week. I mean, from the first week in September until the end of December or the end of January, hopefully, I was able to... Uh, I did. I let that team emotionally drive me. They they determined what my mood was from Monday through Saturday. Probably not the healthiest thing in the world to do, but I did it anyway. I think you forgot to mention the mental acuity that is provided by mentality that helps you stay so oh, sharp. Yes, there you go. Well, yeah, that... That, that's part of it, too. Thank that's you very much. That's, that's important, yeah. Well, I'm headed into mentality today, go. as a matter of fact. Wow. Yeah, get, gotcha. Yeah, oh, oh, and uh, <laughs> oh, by the way, kids. <laughs> oh, there uh, you go. Dr. Pepper is the secret, huh? Yeah, thanks for uh, diet, Dr. Diet. Dr. Pepper. Yeah, oh, doc, diet. Oh, but, excuse uh, me. Dr. Pepper Curie, one of, well, they're the, the soft drink sponsor for my golf tournament coming up September oh, 19th over at Old are Hickory. Are You are? What time does it start? I believe we have a noon, I oh, think. shoot. Oh, you probably have practice. Well, no, I was hoping it started at eight. Carrie, oh, you can't get these. Oh. <laughs> Who's going to do oh, the show? Yeah. That'd be. It was yeah. Randy's golf tournament. Rock. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, go to everychildshope.org to sign up. All right. What's what's next, man? <laughs>
Uh, this we we gotta we gotta address this one, Uncle Randy. I'm tired of responding with because it's trash when people ask why I don't watch the NBA. Any other alternate responses for me? Because hmm. I don't like it. Because my in my opinion, it's not great. I would never call somebody's product, which is by the way, a pretty darn good product, trash. Now that's your opinion, but it's it's not. I think for most sports fans, it's a really good product. You can say if you don't like it because in my opinion. X sport hockey, college basketball is better and then tell them why. I think nuance is something that's lost on a lot of people. So if you can explain to people why, I think that really will go a long way towards helping them understand rather than saying it's trash and letting them think about why you don't like it or why it's bad. I think you could simply say I just don't like to watch the best athletes in the world performing their job. Too. You can say that too. That, but that it, it, there's nothing appealing about watching guys jump as high as they can, run as fast as they can, and shoot the ball as far as they can. They're the most it, graceful athletes in the world. It's nothing appealing about that. I'd rather watch people not be as athletic. Give me non-athleticism in my sports is what he should say. I, I just like the or answer of why. Well, th- this is why. This is to, also why, why this this te- this Uncle Randy um, worries me because he also he texted in last week. He talked about how it was his first day as an elementary school principal, and it's like if you're going to be an elementary school principal, I. You're going to get asked a lot of inane questions by little kids. Mm -hmm. You should be willing to answer them with something better than because I say so or because it's trash. Like, you should have a more, like, these kids are probably basketball fans. Agreed. Converse with them. Come on. And and tell them why. And if if you want to and you're, you're helping shape young minds, tell them why the St. Louis Blues are so great. Oh, there you go. That's that's a way to approach it. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Randy, it's your nephew, Randy. Wife and family are out of town for the week visiting the in-laws. What should I do with bachelor time? Okay, bachelor time, warm weather here in St. Louis. A uh, couple of things that you can do. Get the guys together and head on over to Top Golf. I understand that it's very cool over there, and our friends at Top Golf. If you're if you're a golfer. Or you, Family Golf and Learning Center. Or Family Center. Golf and Le- Learning Center, right? <laughs> family Golf and Learning Center is sensational, and that's a great place to not only hit the driving range, but if you want to improve your game, uh, go talk to Adam Betts and the gang over there and uh, his uh, lovely bride, and they'll they'll do great work for you. Yes. Uh, and that's that's one thing that you can do is if, if you do like to hit the golf clubs. Now, if I guess it's going to be on the weekend, so I think we're going to have a high of 88 on Saturday, right? Is it? Let's see. Thank you. Is it going to be as humid yeah. as yeah. it's felt these past few yeah. days? Because that's yeah, miserable. It it probably it will be some leftover, but the fact that it's dropping down to the yep. below 90 is uh, Your weather so report... Crucial. Thursday, 101. <laughs> Friday, 101. Saturday, 92. And 92. Sunday, 80. Sunday okay. is your day. The pick day. Oh. Yes. Okay. So uh, the other thing that you can do on the weekend is uh, this is week zero in college football. Have the guys over. Notre Dame is playing overseas in Dublin. Uh, they're taking on Navy. And then at 7 o'clock, you've got USC, which I think has a chance to be in the playoff, taking on San Jose State. So get the guys over and watch week zero in college football. I, I hate that. <laughs> I, I week do zero. hate that. Nah, that really? I don't hate much, but week zero is the strangest I'm thing. Sorry, you hate extra football? I hate that they call it week zero. Oh, okay. It's mm-hmm. not week zero. It's the first week. It's it, week it, one. It's week one. See, I disagree with you. I disagree with you because no, this is just no, like the NCAA tournament. No. That's not round they, one. So, those, are, so, those are playing rounds. No, 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 no. no. It's not the same. So this anyway, uh, yeah, get the guys together and, and enjoy that. There's plenty of sports to watch. And you'll always be entertained, by the way, by Chip Carey and Brad Thompson on Ballet Sports. Let's do one yes. more, Randy. Uh, dear Uncle Randy, my wife and I are both 66. I'm retired for four years, and she wants to keep working, quote-unquote, as long as she can. How do I change that plan? 
I would suggest that you don't. If she wants to work, then you allow her to keep working. And uh, she'll, at the age of 66, I'm sure that she has a lot of latitude in her job. And you guys can get out and do things, do long weekends and stuff like that. But I don't think that you can force her life on her. I don't think that that's what that sort of a partnership is. So if she wants to keep working and do her thing and that's what makes her happy, then allow her to do what makes her happy. That would be my suggestion. Maybe start planning some trips or maybe just gently nudge her in the direction of planning some trips. So I I do understand the fact that you finally you've worked so hard your entire life. You get to go enjoy Mm -hmm. it now and take some trips to different places that you haven't been to before. Maybe just start planning some trips. Yeah, I think that'd be good. 66 now is different than 66 25 years ago. Yes. uh, 66 is the new what, 60, 61? Did 40? you say 40? 66 is the new 40? <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I like it. I like sure, it. we'll run with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah, definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. And uh, thank you very much for your texts. We do appreciate them. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, the Orioles say that they're going to raise ticket prices to uh, keep their players. They're going to have to. Should other MLB franchises do a better job of emulating the Cardinals' business plan? That's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber says. St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. John Angelos said that the Orioles are going to have to dramatically increase ticket prices if they hope to keep their young star players. The Orioles have, at the moment, the best record in the American League. It's been an amazing year for them, and they've done a magnificent job of building their franchise and getting it to a point where they have a chance, a legitimate chance, to be a World Series team. Uh, Their winning percentage is 616, the only team in baseball with a better winning percentage is the Atlanta Braves. Now, the the Orioles have been bad for a while, and the the attendance at Camden Yards has not been great. But I just do a comp to St. Louis, where the DeWitt family has invested in the city. They built the stadium. They built businesses around the stadium, a hotel, uh, an office building with numerous uh, businesses that would not have gone to downtown St. Louis otherwise. Obviously, their apartment complex and the the, uh, food and uh, vending options available at Ballpark Village. St. Louis did this in a metro population of 2.8 million. 
Uh, Baltimore has 2.884 million people. It has more people in the Baltimore metro than St. Louis. When you look at the economies of the two towns, household income in Baltimore is 11% more than it is in St. Louis. The unemployment rate in Baltimore is a little bit higher than the unemployment rate in St. Louis, but job growth is about equal. Future job growth is actually considered better in Baltimore than it is in St. Louis. We saw the DeWitt family take over a franchise that had been kind of left at the doorstep by Anheuser-Busch. August Bush III took over for Gussie Bush, didn't like baseball, and they checked out. And we were talking earlier about the worst season since, well, 1995, the last year of the Anheuser-Busch ownership. What happened was... The DeWitt family, and by the way, the Hanser family and the Bauer family, the DeWitt group, bought the franchise, and they're the ones that renovated the old Bush. They're the ones that built the new Bush. They're the ones that have basically kept Cardinal Nation going. They revived it, and now they've kept it going, especially since 1997 with the arrival of Mark McGuire. I just wonder why... John Angelos feels the need to tell people in Baltimore that he needs to dramatically increase ticket prices. The DeWitt family, the the DeWitt ownership never said that. They built a team. They got a guy in McGuire that people were willing to pay for. Then they built a team that won every year and slowly but surely increased ticket prices. I have no problem paying for a quality product. The Orioles haven't been a quality product for a while. But if you win... People will be more than happy to pay for the quality product. And Baltimore, and Bernie McLiss is from Baltimore, and we talked a lot about this, and Mo Drummond is from Baltimore, too. Baltimore and St. Louis are basically the same cities, basically the same cities, same racial makeup, same racial problems, a lot of the same things. They have an NFL team. We have an NHL team. That's really the only difference. Municipalities. Yeah. But the, the people are great in both cities. There's no reason at all for a guy like John Angelos to not take the initiative to build the Orioles up to be what the Cardinals are. In terms of tradition, because it's a a franchise with great tradition in that city and people that love baseball. Well, I think it it boils down to, you know, when you're looking at organizations, you got to see if the owner is a business guy or if he's a sports guy. And business guys look at it from a business aspect. Hey, I got to pay these guys. I'm not paying out of my pocket. So where's the money going to come from? From you, consumer. We're going to use your money to make sure that I can continue to make and our bottom line doesn't change too much. So that's. When you're looking at these owners, I think that's what you have to look at and figure out what type of person is in the front office, is the owner of the team, because those are the people that are going to let you know how they're going to go about their business, whether it's spending money or whether it's saving money and not putting a great product on the field. Well, you know what? All I need to know about him is how he handled that whole Kevin Brown situation Mm -hmm. and how many times they have changed their minds (laughs) on what actually happened there. Just say what really happened is that you didn't like what he said, even though it was something that wasn't even that bad. He was literally pointing out a statistic that was given to him, something that the team actually had in their notes. You didn't like that, and so you basically threw fit you wanted to show the other broadcasters or other media members that you didn't like what he said this is what i'm going to do i'm going to flex my power and then you turn around and then you say this dramatically raising the prices what does that even mean do you also know what's going on right now with people where times are very tense financially things are inflation all that different kind of stuff so what do you even mean by dramatically raising prices and what does this say to your organization one what you did with kevin brown two to the young stars jackson holiday is one of the Mm -hmm. most exciting young prospects that we are seeing really right now and everybody's excited about him and his abilities and what he's going to be able to do but 
also, what does that say to the organization that you were able to build up this really good farm system and these guys are drafting, developing, and you basically said, well, I don't think I'm going to keep these young stars around because I don't want to pay for it. I think it, it remember yesterday I was talking about uh, professional athletes that have blinders on they're oblivious to yeah. everything some really wealthy people at times are the same they don't <laughs> what do you mean money problems what yeah what? you got to pay what that's yeah, not but, a problem they don't it, it's not a concern right. of theirs and, and you're right it, it's about the person and by the way I don't think cardinal fans at least uh, again Brooke, you talk about the people on social media, which are another animal altogether. <laughs> your because vice. anybody, like, w- <laughs> would you trade Bill DeWitt for John Angelos? No. 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 And that's Absolutely what he, not. No. And, and he says, uh, John, An- John Angelos says, quote, the hardest thing to do in sports is to be a small market team in baseball and be competitive because everything is stacked against you. Everything. Did you ever hear that complaint from Cardinal ownership? No. 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 I think one thing that DeWitt did say, I can't remember when he said it exactly, is that it's not as profitable as it seems. Because I think that some people see that entity with Ballpark Village and think that that revenue is a part of the pot, that this is what you're going to get with yeah. players and, and free agency. But it's two separate businesses, Completely different buckets. It, Ballpark Village might as well be in Louisville, Kentucky, another <laughs> Cordish development. <laughs> because you've got, and people might not want to hear this, but you've got... A real estate entity in Ballpark Village where people go to hotels and people live and uh, there are restaurants that are leasing space. That's a real estate entity. The the ballpark, the stadium, the team, that is a different entity. It would be no different than Hubbard Radio, which owns Reels TV, taking money from Reels TV and putting it into 101 ESPN. They're different businesses. A lot of times individuals own different businesses. I never hear anybody complaining about uh, Bill DeWitt Jr. not pouring money from Arby's into the Cardinals. Look at it this way. Ballpark Village and Arby's are essentially the same. Okay? (laughs) They have the meats? They have the meats. Yeah. So he... he, They they aren't all under one umbrella. Okay? There are different buckets for every different business that that conglomerate owns. I I guess my question, if I'm a Baltimore Orioles fan and I'm looking at our... Uh, roster, our, our payroll. Mm-hmm. You're third to last in the in the league. Yeah, why, the only why teams in now? front of you are uh, behind you are Oakland and Pittsburgh. And and if you have young players, what do what do most teams covet? Young players because they are under control. You don't yeah. have to pay them right away. So to me, it just sounds like someone spewing words just to say something. You know, we got to pay these guys. When when does Jackson Holiday have to get paid? Well, he'll he'll probably be up next year. So 24, 25, 26, uh, arbitration in 27, 27, 28, 29. Five five years. So my question is in 20. What are we talking about? Right. (laughs) But in in 2030, who plays center field for the Cardinals and who plays short? Win and Holiday. There you go. Because if ever there was a future Cardinal on the horizon, it's Jackson Holiday. If I was Jackson, after hearing those comments, I'd be thinking of my exit plan of when, when I would be able to. Trust me. Scott Boris had that the day he was drafted for by the Orioles. Scott Boris had the exit plan in place the oh. day Jackson Holiday was drafted <laughs> yes. last year. And can I just say one last thing about this? Why why don't some of the owners like 
the sweet John Angelos just come out and say what they really want, that they want to be like the NFL owners. And we know how profitable the Mm -hmm. NFL owners are, but the NFL does a good job of also bullying cities into making Mm -hmm. sure that you do what they want, that you're going to pay for their stadiums. I'm talking about fans paying for their stadiums. Mm -hmm. And this is what they want, right? This is what some owners want. They want to be able to have the control that the NFL owners do. Here's why. Because the NFL is Godzilla and MLB is a stink bug. Mm. Yes. It's true. Yeah. We've gotten to the point where with NFL stadiums, if you don't pay for the stadiums, I'm talking about fans, the cities, mm-hmm. then they'll say, all right, we're gone. We interviewed Mike Tirico down the stretch of the Rams' existence here. He was doing Monday Night Football, and he said, hey, there are 32 of these pieces of gold in the world, and if you have one, you got to do everything you can to hang on to it. Now, we had no chance to hang on to our piece of gold. We did everything we could in St. Louis, but he's right. There are 32 of those pieces of gold, and... Unfortunately for us and for San Diego and for Oakland, we lost our pieces of gold and they went to other cities. But that is the gold standard in sports right now. And love it or hate it, and I hate the business. The product is hard to turn away from, but the NFL does it right. They Their, their business is mammoth, and it's not going away either. It's not going anywhere. No. Uh, Tennessee Sad. Titans getting that $2 billion stadium that mm-hmm. looks like an Xbox. Yeah. There's like an entertainment tax well, being think, added. Think about this, though, Brooke. Think, think about, okay, you open that stadium, and then it, that's probably the year after Will Levis' first Pro Bowl appearance, right? Oh. <laughs> he did sign a big Mayo contract. Did you guys see that yesterday? No. What did he do? He signed a lifetime contract with Mayo, or that Mayo company. I can't remember. Is it oh, Hellman's clinic? or something oh, like that? Is, is, is no, not the clinic. Is it Hellman's? It's Hellman's, right? That's the brand. Oh, okay. Yeah. He signed a, a lifetime contract with the Hellman's Mayo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the going to be. Hey, I'm don't you say that. Clinic. Yeah. Okay. I, he gets an unlimited supply of mayo. I am great with Miracle Whip. Okay. I like Miracle Whip. I hate Hellman's mayonnaise. Oh, no. no. Really? I don't like Hellman's. I don't like oh. mayo and I like Miracle Whip. Oh, hmm. I don't know about that. Now, maybe. Duke's mayo out of the bottle. Different animal, but Hellman's for whatever reason, I just don't like it. Really? Yeah. Mm. Really? So, that that's like, a hot take. Like it, it is. Like if I'm having <laughs> totally hot take. If if I'm having turkey and cheddar on a piece of toasted sourdough, Miracle Whip. Mm-mm-mm. Hellman's, not so much. I like Hellman's. I, I do good. like Hellman's. So oh. you need you need to become so, buddies with Will Levis because I, he has oh, that yeah, lifetime yeah, contract. Yeah, I, Apparently, he puts it in his coffee. I thought that was a joke. I don't know if he's gross. serious or that's what's terrible. going on there. I wonder if he eats it out of a jar with a spoon. They just squeeze it right, oh. yeah, right into his gullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to take it or leave it coming up. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646-314-399-Yo-Ho. Your hot takes on Mayo versus Miracle Whip next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. What? <laughs> you got it. I can't. Oh my goodness, Randy. 
Shame on you. It was funny though. <laughs> if only, if only people knew. But if, it's a, it's a deep secret. It's, yeah, it is. So, uh, <laughs> so yesterday we get word, uh, courtesy of, was it Matthew or Brooke that sent the text about the White Sox firing their front office? It was Brooke Grimsley. They it was fired me. Uh, Kenny Williams, who's been there forever, mm-hmm. and Rick Hahn. And by the way. Their owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, is the most loyal guy in sports. He f- always said the biggest mistake he ever made was firing Tony Larusa. So what's he do? He brings him back at the age of 76. Take it or leave it, though. Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn's dismissal by the White Sox will be the first of at least three by storied baseball franchises this offseason. Oh. oh. At I, least three? Mm-hmm. Oh, at Yankees? least three. At least three by storied franchises. Yankees? Mm-hmm. Ooh, Cardinals? Mm-hmm. No. Take it or leave it. Really? It's a, it's a I, don't know, I don't know about three. I think Yankees is it. almost a lock, so I'm going to have to leave that too. I'm going to leave it. Okay. I don't think it'll be It'll be. Uh, I don't think that uh, – Oakland is a storied franchise. I don't think they'll make that move, though, because they don't pay anybody, right? Uh, no. Tigers just changed. Guardians I don't think will change. Rockies aren't really storied. Pirates won't change. Nationals just hired Davey Martinez, got a two-year extension. The other one would be if you – I don't think the Mets are storied enough. So I'm going to I'm gonna leave my own ticket or leave it, too. I say that it's two. <laughs> you just want to stir up some controversy. I do, yeah. Yeah, just stir in the pot a little bit. Uh, Randy, Brooke, the Cardinals are 55-72. and 72, 70, uh, 35 games left to play. Mm-hmm. They need to win 15 to get to 70. Take it or leave it, they finish under 70. Oh, I'm going to take that. I'm yeah. going to take 15 and that. 20 in that last 35 uh, I'm going to take it. This is supposed to be right now the easy part of the schedule. Yeah. And it don't look very easy to me. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Right? <laughs> no, it does not. You got, because most of September, I think, is Cincinnati and Milwaukee. Right? So we get to uh, September, and you've got um, more Pirates. Let me make sure I have it. You've got three at Atlanta. You've got three at Cincy. You've got three at Baltimore. That's not easy. You've got the best team in the National League. You've got a contender for the National League wild card. You've got the best team in the American League for nine. Phillies at home for three. They're going to be in the wild card. Brewers be battling for the spot in the uh, in, in as the division champs. At San Diego, they'll st- still be battling at the end. At Milwaukee and then Cincinnati at home. Every single game, well, every game for the Cardinals is tough, but every single game for the Cardinals after September 3rd is against a playoff contender. Are are they going to get to 62? Could be wins? really ugly. It could be could really, really Could they get really 100 ugly. losses? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's That would be What would happen in St. Louis? Uh, when's the last time they lost 100 games? I think that would be the thing. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, it would be, I don't know. Is he, is are, Do we know the arch is that solid that it won't fall? <laughs> <laughs> it breaks. It yeah. breaks in two. Uh, by the way, <laughs> it was never uh, your meant to Cardinals, happen. if you go back through history, and it's easy to look for three digits, your St. Louis Cardinals lost 105 games in 1908 and 101 games in 1907. Not many Not, people around were watching think, those Cardinals. I doubt that anyone was there. We've officially hit the point where we, we are the exact antithesis of the sports reporters from SNL, where <laughs> everything was positive for them. Everything now is negative. Ditka could be a tornado. The arch will now fall just because the Cardinals yeah. suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's the complete opposite, guys. Losses? Oh, that would be bad. Duh, birds.
That'd be really bad. The thing is, how do they win? How, how do they... Tri- Let's Maybe just, they play uh, up to their opponent? How does question mark? <laughs> I think the better question is, um, the question better question is Randy, how does St. Louis not sink into the Mississippi River if they lose that many Ooh, games? I think that's the better question. That's a good one. Yeah, not great. I'll take that. storming right down there, aren't they? Take it or leave it. How about that? Take it or leave it, guys. How about that? As we as we see as we see St. Louis drift away, yeah. how about that? How about uh, that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bookbinder, um, take it or leave it. Mizzou is going to be really interesting with the quarterback court uh, competition going on. It seems like they're going to let Brady Cook and Sam Horn kind of play it out. Take it or leave it, Sam Horn is going to take over that starting job for the rest of the season. They're going to let it. It seems like he's gonna, he said that both Eli Drinkwitz saying that Horn and Cook are both going to play in that first game and see how they both look and go from there. Take it or leave it, guys. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take the, the, the Horn is the guy by midseason. I'll take it. When you got two quarterbacks, you got none. Mm-hmm. So I'll but take that. Sam Horn yeah. was the number 70 recruit in all of America. The 10,000 were uh, how many kids play high school football in America? Oh, every year? 100,000. Yeah, 100,000. 100, so he was number 70 of all of those kids. And so he should have. And this is by, by independent services. Everybody had him in their top 75. So I think he's got ability. He's got physical ability. It's just a matter of how well Mizzou can develop him. But... Missouri, this is a big year for Eli too. It he is. needs to he needs to be better than just a bowl team. Yes, I agree. And defense has been really a bright spot. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for the offense to really showcase what they're able to do. Okay. Uh they start a week from tomorrow, right? September third. Mm-hmm. No, a week from no, two Wait. weeks. Two weeks from tomorrow. Okay, so let me just uh run down the schedule here and uh, pick out your record. South Dakota, home. Win or loss? Win. Win. Middle Tennessee State. L. That's going to be an L for Mizzou. Okay, that's uh, Middle Tennessee State grad Brooke Grimsley. Yes, if you guys didn't know, Middle Tennessee State University. What's our nickname for Middle Tennessee State? The Blue Blue Raiders. The Blue Raiders Raiders ride on to Mm -hmm. victory. Okay, yeah, no, not that night. Hey, (laughs) NTSU has beaten Mizzou before. That was Barry Odom. That ended Barry Odom's career. I'm sorry, I just had to bring that up. Okay, we're 2-0. K-State at home, big one. Loss. I'm going to say Mizzou wins that. That's a loss. I'm going to give them a loss. Okay. Memphis here in St. Louis. That's going to be a tough game. I will say they win by three to four points. I think they're 4-0 and at that point. And then I think they beat Vanderbilt. I think they're 5-0. and And then they play LSU. <laughs> Poor Vanderbilt. When was the last time Mizzou's been 5-0? and To start uh, Probably under Gary yeah. Pinkle. No. Yeah, it's definitely under Gary Pinkle. Uh, so 5-0, and and then you lose to LSU at home. 5-1. and At Kentucky, this is a big one. This is a big no one. No Will Levis. I'm going to go win for Mizzou. You are high six on the old Tigers I this am. year, aren't you? Yep. South Carolina seven and one. Georgia seven and two. Tennessee seven and three. Florida at home eight and three. At Arkansas nine and three. M I Z. I think their defense is definitely going to be the difference maker in all these, where they're close calls. Yeah, I, I just I, I like their chances. It'll be interesting to see. Okay. Uh, what do we got on the text line? Yes. Oh, you need a what, last time they were 5 0? Yes, it wasn't. Not surprising here. 2013, they opened up the season with uh, seven straight wins, including uh, wins over number seven, Georgia, number 22, Florida. All they right. play South Carolina at home. They usually win at South Carolina. 
probably mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's always it's raining weird. and it totally always like, bad. What yeah, the hell is this weather? Right, it's weird. <laughs> they go down there and win. I don't and know. To me, that's always the swing game for Mizzou too. You win, you have a decent season. You lose, you have no yeah. chance of having a decent season. You got them. I, I don't know. There you go. How about Vandy? Do you think they at this point that schools should just be paying to play Vandy, essentially, just kind of like with uh, yeah. some of these Middle Tennessees uh, and stuff like that? Yeah, I think that'd be great. <laughs> By the way, poor is, Vandy. Is, uh, is, is Middle Tennessee State going to be a bowl team this year? Uh, Blue Raiders. Oh, whatever. You, you get Alabama on September. So. Oh. Hey, they Alabama. upset Miami last year. Miami of Ohio? No. Oh, <laughs> university. <laughs> Take it or leave it. I have to agree with Randy. Miracle Whip is much better than Hellman's. Hellman's is like putting a bland blob on your sandwich. Thank you. Shame on, shame on both of you. Uh, Cottleville Chris, take it or leave it. Miracle Whip is a knockoff copy of Mayo, just like Moe's of Walt. Ooh. Oh. Oh. I'll take it. Ooh. <laughs> take, take it or leave it. If you like Coke, you like Hellman's. But if you like Pepsi, you like Miracle Whip. Uh, I'll leave oh, that. That's, that's interesting. interesting. No. That's, no. Deep that's deep. That's like deep. Um, like you like Pepsi? I'll uh, take a cold, crisp pe- Pepsi every cool day. Pepsi over it's any Coke. day of the here. week it, over too, a Coca-Cola. It doesn't. They, it doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. It matters. To it me. matters to me. It doesn't matter. I, I, can, tell the, the I can tell the difference. I'll drink a Coke, but yeah. I I would prefer. Brooke, you said the mag- Pepsi. Brooke, okay. you said the magic phrase because people. He's saying Miracle Whip and Pepsi. People, you say Pepsi is too sweet. I think Miracle Whip's too sweet, which is why so, I think those go together. Oh, I think Miracle Whip. When I say Miracle Whip, there's it's, layers to this. I don't like. I, it's not that I don't know how people use Miracle Whip as a mayo because I, I it's sweet. It's like almost like cloying to me. So mm. that that one that one kind of blows my mind. Uh, take it or leave it. This year has had some of the worst ball and strike calls by umpires in a long, long time. Let's get them robots. Take it. Uh, Robot umpires gotta have them. So what happens with the umpire? They still get to call play at the plate. <laughs> So they just sit there. And no, the Why way, don't they? Do they can I just get a lawn chair and kind of? They, they should. I think <laughs> just hang out. The, the way it'll work, we'll, we'll have a challenge uh, system. So a, a team will be able to challenge a certain amount of pitches during the course of a game. Hmm. But it'll, it'll they cause get a folding chair. Yeah, just sit there and wait, wait for a play at the play. Yeah, oh, 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 carry the Union Buster Davis over here. You gotta so take down the umps. Yeah, yeah, you have to have an ump show every once in a while. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thanks very much for your text. Coming up, how important is team chemistry? And could that be part of the Cardinals' problem? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Michelle Smallman, she's going to be leading into our show starting on September 5th, and she's going to join us at 9, and then Adam Wainwright with us for Wednesdays with Waino at 9.30. Brooke, Carrie, Randy, great to have you with us, and guys, we've noticed this at events that we've been at with the Cardinals this year, and I don't know if there's anything to it. I just wanted to bring it up so that people can kind of go behind the curtain, but at the Cardinal events that I've been at this year, and Adam Wainwright has been at the helm of, well, he was, it was Adam Wainwright's uh, event at, at Top Golf, and then I was at another event several months ago, and then another event uh, a couple of weeks ago, and the whole team essentially is there. 
And most of the team, and this is even before the trades of Flaherty and Montgomery, is together as a group. But then for whatever reason, Wilson Contreras seems to be off by the side. And I thought it was notable a couple of weeks ago when we did an event. The Cardinal Wives did an event for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And most of the players were in the back and easy to introduce and that they would raise their hands and wave. And then Wilson Contreras was in a completely different spot in the room with a group of people, but not around his teammates. And I wonder if I should take anything out of that, that on three out of three times where I've been at events with the Cardinals, Wilson Contreras has kind of been standing by himself and his teammates have been elsewhere in the room commiserating with each other. Kerry, you're a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. What do you take out of that? Anything? Uh, I mean, it could mean something. It could mean nothing. I, you you would have to know their personal relationship inside that clubhouse to know who deals with who, who doesn't, how they all are, are functioning. I will say that if he's at the event, that probably means that they think highly of him and, and he thinks highly of them. <clears throat> so the fact that he's there shows me that, you know, he's he feels that he's a part of the team. He's present with the team because there are times uh, that's not a – that's a teammate event, which is different from an owner event mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. someone that someone in the front office putting on an event where you almost feel like you have to go sometimes. Uh, but when it's a teammate, if you don't like the guy or you don't like the guys, you can stay home. And so I think it, it's OK, um, but it, it does seem a little strange that that especially knowing the history of what has taken place this entire yeah. season, I think that adds to it. I agree. I I think that it could go many different ways. My understanding just being around the clubhouse and talking to people is that right now, Wilson Contreras is in a good space and has kind of accepted where he's at and has a very good mentality about where he is, who he is, what his role is in with, with the organization. That's my understanding. And from what I'm hearing is that Wilson is happy where he's at. And you can look back at the comments publicly he was even talking about how much that it affected him early on the season. You saw it even in his play. It felt like he lost a little bit of that spark, something that he needs that edge, mm-hmm. especially offensively, which is the whole reason, other reason that the Cardinals brought him here to the organization. You should just let players be who they are. And you could see that disconnect between Wilson and the team early on. But it seems like now that that whole public kerfuffle has played out a little bit more. And then you got past those comments with the Yankees. Even I was very surprised mm-hmm. that that was was still being discussed whenever the Yankees were in town. I know that it was likely Jordan Montgomery that talked to Michael Kay about that. I'm sure that brought up some more bad feelings, but my understanding is that Wilson is in a very good place with where he's at right now. And you can tell that, I think, with how he's presenting himself on the field. I know he was angry last night, but to me, that was a good sign because that shows he cares. And I want to add a couple of things here. Number one, we, I have to have perspective because unless it was Yachty's own event, Yachty never went to anything, right? No. He, he was never out in public. Unless so, it was like a pool holes or Wayno event, he would he would come. But by. even Wayno's event, there was sometimes the, the only yeah. time he ever yeah. went was the last Top Golf event. Yeah. Uh, so he he didn't go to events. The other thing is, and I, I kind of wish that the Cardinal veteran ownership would tell Wilson Contreras, somebody will, will buck up and say, hey, come on back. We're all here. Be, be, hang with us. Wilson Contreras is a really, really, really good guy. And he's always smiling and he's always happy and he's always engaging with the fans at these events, too. Yes. I think that needs to be pointed out. He's a, a really good guy to have on the team. And I honestly don't know if there's anything to take out of this other than, okay, he wants to hang with the people that are the, the, the couple of people that he's there with. I just, 
from a fan's perspective, I would like to see that interaction both in the dugout and outside of the ballpark. And I want to say that when I don't think he, because I saw him taking pictures with fans, it's not mm-hmm. like he's distancing himself from everyone. He's, he's great. He's in, engaged and talking to people and doing all of those things. So it's not like he's just off to a corner by himself, no. you know, not paying attention. He's part of everything that's going on. But, I mean, it could be, it is, it is intriguing to see. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I think, and maybe this is just something that I observed just in my recent years being around the Cardinals clubhouse, is it seems like there's always been kind of like the cultural differences, right, in the clubhouse. Like you have your Latin players who are kind of more where they're going to hang out with each other because obviously mm-hmm. you're speaking the same language. You have kind of the same cultural background. You understand each other a little bit more. And when Yachty was there, it felt like with that relationship with him and Wayno kind of converged those two sides because, you know, and CD haven't been in many locker rooms, no matter what, you will try to play together as a team, but everybody's going to go into their little pockets and groups. Just because they're in a team together doesn't mean they're all BFFs and get along. They all have very different backgrounds and interests, Mm -hmm. and so it felt like it's, you know, when Yanni was there, you at least had that connection on that side between Yanni and Wayno, kind of converging those two different sides. Yeah. One other quick point. I just, in watching baseball over the years, Daryl Porter did not perform well here, but he was a a leader, and he wound up being the World Series MVP. Uh, Tom Pagnazzi was, in his own way, a really good leader for this team. Obviously, Matheny and Yachty, great leaders. I, I want to see, because I know that he's got it in him, I, and this is incumbent upon the other players, the younger players on the team, I want to see Wilson Contreras have a leadership role. I want to see what we saw from Wilson Contreras with the wild eyes last night from every single player on that roster. That would be nice. They wouldn't be 17 games. Under I don't 500. think they would. No. I don't think they would. He hates losing. He yeah. does. And I wonder, too, who is going to be the ones, other than Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt, to kind of emerge as the leaders. Because Wilson's a lot more vocal. I see Miles Michael has kind of taken more and more of that role. Mm-hmm. And with him re-signing, it seems like that gives him the ability to show that he is one of the more veteran players in the clubhouse or that he has more of that voice to be able to speak up. And my vibe from talking to people around there is that while – Arenado and Goldie are their best players. They really aren't leaders. And they do their own thing. And that's cool. You need to have best players. But that just because you're the best player doesn't always mean yes. you're the leader. That was going to be my next question. Who is the leader of this team going into 2024? Well, uh, probably, uh, like I said, I think Miles on the pitching yep. side, he's taken a lot more of a vocal As in, role. It, yep. But he pitches every five days. So who who is yeah. the guy that's going out there 130, 140 yep. times and is that guy? I don't you see what to be a leader. You have to have people follow. I don't know if Andrew Kisner is that guy or if he'll play enough. Jordan Walker certainly has a personality. He's got the competitiveness. He's got the quality of play. I would love to see Jordan Walker emerge. But again, when you have Arenado, Goldschmidt, Contreras, are there enough people? Uh, I would say the rest of the group will follow Jordan Walker, right? Including Tommy Edmond. But I don't know if the big boys will. And maybe you don't even need them to. I, I think Jordan Walker is the guy that, to me, shows the most potential to be that guy. Well, well Mason win. He does, too. He, yeah, he does, too. And it, my, the only thing with him is he's got three games of major league yeah, experience. I mean, but at at, at <laughs> yeah, some point, maybe next yeah, year, yeah. when he's had a spring training, right. guys know who he I is. They're see just it. young. You know, <laughs> yeah. and I, don't, I wouldn't expect them to take that role so early on. I think that maybe Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, maybe, maybe they get outside of their comfort zone and say, okay, if I don't want this to happen again next year, I have to be more of a vocal mm-hmm. leader. 
And, and I know that Nolan works with certain players, be more of a vocal leader, and maybe they'll take that step forward next season because I think that was another big part. Team chemistry is definitely one of the things that we saw that the Cardinals suffered with this season. Harrison Bader's a free agent. Ooh, do we need a center fielder? No. Mm. Yeah, yes. Yes. Uh, that's our fresh take here on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Coming up, we've got Bird Watch uh, or Bird Drop. I've got a bird dropping Whoa. next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. for bird watch slash bird droppings here on 101 ESPN. And kids, I'll get things started here. Okay, all due respect, Casey Lawrence, who's pitched well for the Cardinals. Or uh, Jacob Barnes called up yesterday. Or James Nail, who Jake. made his major league debut last year at the age of 29. Or Wilking Rodriguez, the 33-year-old, who the Cardinals Nailly. took in the, real, the Rule 5 draft. And the, Wilk. Wilk, yeah. Well, we were counting on him. We were counting on him. So why are we, uh, with all due respect... <laughs> Why are we counting on a 33-year-old who hasn't pitched in organized ball since 2015 and made one appearance in the majors in 2014? Why are we counting on him in 2023? Why are we counting on Casey Lawrence, whose last appreciable time in the majors was six games where he had a 7.50 earned run average? Why are we counting on a guy like uh, Jacob Barnes, who at the age of 33, Lawrence is 35, JB. by the way, Jacob Barnes, uh, his last appreciable time in the majors, 22 games with Detroit with a 6.1 earned run average. Why are we why? What's going on here? Nails. What, what we, we got. I mean, they got good nicknames. Yeah. Well, okay. That's they got good. Nails. Casey at the bat. Casey. Yeah. Barney. J- JB. J- JB. He's a combination of uh, Jacob Bell and Tim Barnes, <laughs> a couple of former go. Rams, fifteen and sixty-five offensive linemen. Okay. Uh, in in uh, the immortal words of uh, one of the favorite guests on this show, that uh, Matthew always gets, Taylor Twelman. <laughs> Yeah. What are we doing here? Source what are subject. we doing here? Okay, I and I again. I'm glad that Casey Lawrence is getting a chance to make the major league minimum and spend time in the majors. I'm glad that Jacob Barnes gets this opportunity. You know why I'm glad? Because they aren't major leaguers. It's kind of like, well, uh, I, I was going to say me, but it's not. It, it, it's kind of like uh, remember Jimmy Morris, the teacher that they, the rookie, the movie, the rookie. Yeah. It's like they're giving guys just okay. You want a Randy? You, you, I, you want a prize? You you want a sweepstakes? You get to play in the I, majors for a month. I have told you that I have a soft spot for guys like that, fighting, clawing, scratching, trying to stay on the roster. I, I I'm okay I, I, to a degree. If. They, <laughs> I do. I would like to see Gordon Graceffo. I would like to see McGreevy. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it would be nice to know if those guys have the potential to play. Maybe. Um, maybe. As someone texted in earlier, maybe they're saving those guys in the minors for, for trade pieces later, and they don't want to see them get roughed up, which could lower their value. They, they, they have good value as long as they're in the minor leagues. I, I, who knows at this point, Randy? I, I don't know. They, you got a good group of guys, man. Yeah, good, gr- good, good guys. Good group of guys. Okay, so one good of, group of guys uh, ain't going to win yeah. you 
much of nothing. One of my but... all-time favorite lines, Jim Hannafin, down in uh, up in Charleston, Illinois, one time training camp. He would have his media get together. There were like six or eight of us. Claims went every year, all uh, all the time. And Hanny had a tendency to smoke. He did, so he'd be in the press conference, and we were just like in a conference room at a, in a college, and we'd be sitting at the table, four or five guys around the table, <sighs> fellas. We got a hell of a group of guys this year. <laughs> Don't have a player in the bunch, but we got a hell of a group of guys. <laughs> if you ain't going to win, at least you want to be around good guys. I yeah. tell you, now that, I will tell you for sure. If you're around a bunch of Richards, it's yeah. hard. It's already right. hard enough yeah. on the field. At yeah. least be good guys yeah. off the field. And Hanny was just joking because he always had good talent here. But it was, it was very funny, and I go back to that. But here, uh, Barnsley. Uh, two, not Brad, who deserves a chance at the major league <laughs> level, apparently. Uh, 253 career games, 4.69 earned run average. And uh, Casey at the bat, Casey Lawrence, who uh, has actually, going to give him credit here, has pitched, well, he... he <laughs> When is he, he? I mean, he, he pitched four innings. He's, the other he's, night. he's seven up, man. There you go, seven up or seven oh, down. He's yes, seven up, yes. but uh, yeah, forty-six major league games and a six-point-six-four earned run average. So anyway, that's my bird dropping. Uh-huh. Is that those guys are on the I'm roster? I'm rooting for him. It's I another year of service and uh, time. Yeah. Get served, that paycheck. Yeah. Oh, and they have lovely futures. I mean, this is if you're building for the future, if you're building for 2024, what you want to get is a 35-year-old reliever with a career 6.64 ERA. You're missing the point because what the Cardinals are going to do is a sneak. It's a sneak attack. They're gonna. They're gonna <laughs> yeah. It's a sneak attack. Okay. Okay. They're, they're, they're not even gonna let those guys pitch in spring training. They're just gonna throw them out there, opening the, the beginning of the beginning of the season. It's a sneak attack. Okay. Don't shh, don't tell anyone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They'll be ready. I yeah. hope. Maybe you not. never know. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe yeah. not. I don't, I, I don't know that the Cardinals were actually battling the Atlanta Braves for the services of these two guys. Oh. <laughs> well, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. definitely something. I got bird watch, man. I got, I got, oh, I got, watch. I got positive, yeah. positive. positive. Okay, oh. I, so, what was that? I need to do a better job. I, I need to be, I need to be better at my job. Thank you. Oh, oh, um. I'm going to go with the baby birds, the young players on the team. That is something to watch, something to be excited about. Mason Wynn got his first extra base hit. He can flat out fly. So if he gets, he hits the ball in the gap. He's probably going to be standing on third at some point. And at some point, he will be at the top of the lineup, maybe next year. Hopefully, we can get him there, followed by some stud hitters that can get the job done. Uh, Jordan Walker doing a fantastic job, still learning the outfield position. Yvonne Herrera is doing a Great job down in the minors. 951 OPS, 301 batting average. It's going to be intriguing to see how that uh, catcher's position uh, pans out for next season. I still think that Kisner won't be on the roster. I think he's a good piece for a, a solid backup for another team. And so the Cardinals could get something if they kept, coupled him with someone else to trade. But this, these young players are going to be the core of this team. You add Nolan Gorman to that, to that as well, to that mm-hmm. group as well. These guys are going to be really good for the foreseeable future for this Cardinals team. Don't look at the record right now. It's bad. (laughs) You might not get to you might not get to 62 wins. I don't know. But, you know, next year you might only have 62 losses. I don't know. It's possible. It could happen. It could happen. A lot of things could happen between now and then. Uh, We've seen it. That's that's a good way to look at this season. A lot of things can happen. 
That's that's definitely been the motto. I think it'll be very interesting, especially whenever Tink Hintz gets into this conversation next season. And even Victor Scott had that young group of Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker, Victor Scott, Tink Hintz. That's really Rolling. exciting. It's, it's probably it's not the best group for a manager attack. that doesn't like to bunt or run. It's a sneak Whoa. attack. <laughs> oh, a sneak attack. All right. Well, my bird droppings, guys. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're going to have to talk about the Cardinals' woes with the bases loaded. So, Bally Sports Midwest put this nice graphic. I wouldn't say nice because it's actually terrifying when you look at it. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals' all-time fewest runs with the bases loaded. So, this season... 61 runs with the bases loaded. 2020, 64. 1994, 84. 1978, 84. 1981, 85. What was going on during a lot of those other years that I listed? 2020? Uh, COVID. 1994? Strike. 1978? A bad team. Bad baseball. 1981? Bad Strike. Why are we seeing this situation? Because we know that when you look statistically, the Cardinals' offense is actually really good. It, it doesn't make much sense why they're not able to capitalize in clutch situations like that with the bases loaded. Yeah. It's bizarre. I mean, they're gripping the bat too tight, not clutch players at this point in their career. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's something to to take a look at and try to figure out what's going on in those moments, why they can't... Uh, Maybe, maybe it has something to do with the lineup construction. How, how, what, who's batting where and when? I, I don't know. But the, we've if seen you have Paul the Goldschmidt. There's been times where the bases have been loaded, and even yeah. Paul Goldschmidt, one of your superstars, national yeah. reigning National League MVP, and this is. This is nothing against him because this is all the team, but there's been so many situations with the bases loaded this season where we haven't been able to see even some of the stars of this team capitalize in those moments. And I don't know what that is, but it's very interesting that you compare those years and you're like, well, what what was it this year? And somebody texted in the World Baseball Classic, which maybe oh, <laughs> it just really threw everything off. Of so, yes, all 60. The Cardinals have only scored 61 runs with the bases loaded and this season. It, here's uh, we were talking earlier about the 2013 team, which, by the way, hit 330 with runners in scoring position for the whole season, 330 for the year. With runners in scoring position, that team with the bases loaded hit 370 with a 935 OPS, and they scored 135 runs in 127 at bats with the bases loaded. That's pretty dang good. How do you fix the? And somebody just texted this in. They don't give a damn about situational hitting. How do you fix that going into next season? You give a damn about it. But what happens? It's focus. Yeah, it's it, it's it's focus and doing the little things. And here's one of the things: is even though the Cardinals they don't strike out a lot, they aren't great situational hitters. It doesn't appear. No. One of the things that is a really good thing to do is maybe choke up a little bit and get your bat on the ball with the bases loaded in less than two out. Well, even the Pirates last night they played some small ball. I mean, you somebody bunted that was incredible. They did a what? Uh, they bunted. That's What's against that? the rules. We, oh. we changed that with the rule change. It was yeah. something where the, the, I think the yeah. batter would hold the bat and just tap it. Oh yeah, it. I remember so, that. Yeah, they, that, they was that was forty years ago. Don't worry about forty years old. Yeah, you can't do that now. No, that was that was before Ali Marmol was born. Coming up next on one hundred and one ESPN, we've got the fight. Stick around. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner. 
of Morning Drive, please welcome Randy Carricker. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today for the second day in a row is Trey. Trey, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are all you? I'm doing wonderful. I always Good. like to know how people celebrate their victory over Randy Carricker. You beat him one to nothing yesterday. I, I, I'm sure that had to feel wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it felt wonderful, except I had to go to school following it. So. Uh, well, you, you can that's, kind of feel a little bit better going into it. Uh, I, I, yeah, well, I got to tell all my friends, so that was fun. Good nice. job. All right, you ready to take on Randy today? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Which blue blood was the last school to appear in back-to-back men's Final Fours? Is it Virginia, Duke, or North Carolina? Uh, North Carolina. The last time the Cardinals finished last in last place in their division was 1990. Who led the team in home runs that season with just 15? Was it Todd Zeal, Pedro Guerrero, or Terry Pendleton? On this day in 1999, Rick Ankiel made his Major League debut. Other than the Cardinals, for which team, for which other franchise did Ankiel play multiple seasons? Is it the Mets, the Nationals, or the Astros? Uh, I'm going to go. We missed that. Can you say that again? I'm going to go with the Mets. Question number four, which two current divisions have never had their teams face off in a Super Bowl? Is it the AFC North and the NFC North, AFC West, NFC East, or the AFC North and the NFC South? Can you repeat the options again, please? AFC North and the NFC North, AFC West and the NFC East, or the AFC North and the NFC South? I'm going to go with the first one. All right, we'll double check our score and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Trey, how you feel? Uh, decent. Decent. Okay. How did you feel <laughs> yesterday? Were you were you decent or were you not feeling great? I, I, I was probably decent yesterday. I thought I was going to get two, but uh, only ended up getting. What well, you only needed one yesterday because Randy went over. Now I will tell you this: Randy doesn't tend to go over, and he definitely doesn't go over two days in a row. So he's a. Uh, He's locked in and dialed in. He's got a he's got a scowl on his face. He's he's ready. Yeah, he's there you fired go. up. Oh, <laughs> that is he's got scary. His game face on. Right? Hey, <laughs> hey, we'll see comparison. <laughs> Can you do that one, Randy? Say hello to Trey again. Trey, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Cool. All right, thank you, Randy. Are you ready? Ready. All right, here we go. Which blue blood is the last school to appear in back-to-back men's final fours? Hmm. Men's Final Fours. I'm glad that we qualified that. Because it could be, you know, Final Fours in general. Last Blue Blood to appear in the Final Four. And I wouldn't even think like, oh, UConn or LSU or something like that. You you, Um, you never know. So Men's Final Fours. Um, This is the NCAA tournament, not the... CIB no. or the oh, okay, NIT. <laughs> Thank you for Just that. Just make sure we so <laughs> CBI. I yeah, I don't think it's Duke because I don't think Coach K had the the best stretch run. Um, I can't imagine that Matthew would put in a question where Kansas would be the answer. Ooh. 
UCLA did it back in the 90s. I th- um, seems to be that Carolina, uh, like in the last six or seven years, was in back-to-back Final Fours. Is that your final answer? Butler's not a blue blood. Are they? Is Gonzaga? I'm sorry. That's a great question. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to, We're going to go traditional I'm, blue blood. I'm going to go with Carolina, though. All right. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to make sure we are all on the same page. So Gonzaga no is get, not a blue blood. There you go. Was Gonzaga great in 1965? I no. didn't know. They did not. They were not. Brock wants to throw things at me. Okay. He's, he's all volatile right. over there. He is fired up. <laughs> the last time the Cardinals finished last in their division was 1990. Mm. Who led the team in home runs that season with just 15? Okay, that was a rugged year. <laughs> 15 home runs. Was there a strike that season? No, there was not. There was 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 like there there was a manager retiring. uh, And here's the thing: it's so they traded Willie. Willie actually led the National League in hitting despite being traded at the deadline. He he had enough at bats and wound up leading the National League, but didn't have 15 home runs. Um, And then Bernard and Ray came up during the season. Ozzy didn't hit 15 home runs. Pena was gone. Okenda wasn't hitting 15 home runs. So. Big Cat was hurt. That, that was the year Andres Galarraga was a Cardinal. He was hurt. I like the Big Cat. Yeah, he was great. Uh, so there, that kind of leaves your third baseman, Todd Zeal. So I'm going to go with uh, with Todd Zeal as my guy. On this day, oh, excuse me. On this day in 1999, Rick Ankiel made his major league debut. Mm-hmm. Other than the Cardinals, for which other franchise did Ankiel play multiple seasons? Okay, so he played for the Braves and the Royals. I'm going to play for the Astros and he played for the Nationals. Um, I think it's between those two. And I'm going to go with Washington. I'm going to go with the Washington Nationals. Which two current divisions teams have never faced off in a Super Bowl in their entire franchise's history? Okay, so... This is division versus, like, AFC East versus NFC East, right? Correct. So you've had, divisions. you've had Cowboys, Bills. So let's go, let's start with the NFC East. NFC East you've had versus the AFC East. Have you had NFC East versus the AFC West? Yes, you've had the Cowboys and the Broncos. Have you had the NFC East versus the AFC South? Texans, Titans, um... And this is include well, it doesn't matter. Texans, Titans, uh, Colts. So Cowboys, Colts would count, right? Um, so this is uh, this is tough, but I gotta I gotta if I'm gonna get it right, I gotta th- go through it, right? Uh, and then uh, so I've done East, West. So East, it's easy just to use Dallas. So you've had Patriots, Jets. Um, so you've had Giants, Patriots. So the East in the NFC has played every AFC, okay? NFC South, Saints only played the Colts. Uh, Panthers played the Patriots and the Broncos. So we've got the South, Panthers played the uh, Broncos, and the Patriots. So the Panthers have played the East and the West. 
So have the Panthers or anybody else from the NFC South played a team from the AFC? They played AFC South. So uh, that means that we would need Buccaneers, Saints, Panthers. This is a long question, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so do we have a Bucks or one of those teams against Jags? Colts, Texans, Titans. So it's probably going to be, I'm, I'm thinking we've got an AFC South here probably, is going to be one of them. AFC South, NFC South. Do we have Colts, Texans, well, we, so Colts or Titans, because the Texans and the Jags have never played in a Super Bowl. So Colts against Saints, we do. So I'm going to go Colts here. I'm going to say that the AFC South is going to be one of these. NFC West, Titans, Rams. So we've got NFC West against AFC South. AFC South against NFC, uh, AFC East. So Colts ag- against <laughs> Cowboys, Colts, Colts. We do have Cowboys. So, okay, it's not the AFC South. So we've got that. Um, so let's go to the NFC West. Okay. So you've had the Niners or the Rams, probably not the Seahawks. Well, maybe the Seahawks or the Cardinals against AFC West, Niners, Chiefs. Uh, AFC East, Rams, Patriots. Um, you still have a lifeline if you'd like it. Sure, I'll just <laughs> like it. Okay. All right. I just want to. I was like, I was wondering when that was coming. Okay. Well, it, it, it's pretty. Um, I, I can do it. It's just, it's it's a long, drawn out question. So you want, you do want I'll this. I'll do the okay. lifeline, sure. Uh, your options are AFC North, NFC North. Okay, let me just do this first. AFC North versus. So you've had Packers uh, against Steelers. You've had it. Okay, so that one is not it. AFC West, NFC East. AFC West, we already did that. So that has happened. Broncos, Cowboys, and Broncos, Redskins, and Broncos, Giants. I mean, we've got all of those. So what's the next one? AFC North, NFC South. AFC North against the NFC South. Okay, that would be the one, right? Because you've never had the Saints, Panthers, Falcons, or Bucks against (laughs) the Steelers, Browns, Bengals, or Ravens? Have we? So I, I'll go with three. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a drawn-out fight, but it was a good one. Does Randy Carricker knock off another Hall of Fame run, or does Trey move on to round three? Ring that bell. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. There you go, Randy Carricker. I'm sorry he got all four. He got the Jack Trey, and he beat you four to one today in the fight. The text line, the text line is going absolutely nuts. I just want to thank Randy for all his work that he did to try to keep the Rams in St. Louis. Me and my family, we were season ticket members and loved the St. Louis Rams, so it was sad to see them leave. Trey, Aww. thank you very much, and I greatly appreciate that. That's very nice of you. And, yeah, we, uh, Dave Peacock, Bob Blitz, and uh, a lot of people here worked a lot of hours to try to keep the team here in St. Louis, and I appreciate those sentiments. Thank you very much. 
Thank you for everything you guys do, and thanks for having me. All right, Trey. It is Trey what? on the fight. Yeah. Did I get something wrong? Did uh, why is it the text line going crazy? Um, just like the time. For God's just the time. Sakes, yeah. the lifeline. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking lifeline. I was just thinking about. I think it's a good question, so I was trying to go through it. Uh, Randy, I'll correct really quickly. Is UNC the last blue blood? Is the last school to appear in back-to-back Final Fours? They were the runner-up in sixteen, and they won the whole shoot match in seventeen. Last time, uh, the Cardinals. The, the last time they finished last place in the division was nineteen ninety. Todd Zeal with fifteen home runs to lead the Cardinals on this. Day in 1999, Rick Ankiel made his MLB debut. He only played for the Nationals for more than one season. He played for them with two, and which two current division teams have never faced off in a Super Bowl in their entire franchise's history. It is, in fact, the AFC North and the NFC South. By the way, a little tidbit from all those stats. Every single division matchup has happened within the last 28, within the last 28 Super Bowls, except for AFC North and NFC South, and the one that you picked out, which I thought might be the bugaboo, which is the AFC South versus the NFC East Super Bowl Five. Every other matchup, the other fourteen division matchups, have all happened in the last twenty-eight years. How about that? How about How that? about that? How about that? All right, thanks for uh, for enduring. How about that? That marathon. <laughs> so Scott H from the YouTube channel said, "Thank you, CD." Scott. <laughs> I wouldn't even think about that. I was just trying to get it right. I was just trying to get it right. A quick rush hour reset coming up before Michelle Smallman at the top of the hour on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. Last night was a bummer for the Cardinals. They fall in Pittsburgh by a score of 6-3. to three. They fall a season-high 17 games under 500. Do we have the number of the day by any chance? Do we, uh, did we do that? Or we, I think we should have a number of the day. I think we've reached that point in time where... It's not... They, they do Because it's such a big number, they do it differently. Okay, well, let's just, it. He counts up to it, so I did a little editing to try okay. to get us a number of the day. Good. The number of the day, yes. Oh, oh, oh boy. Ah, I wonder... What the number of the day could be? Let's find out, shall we? Seventeen. Seventeen. There we go. Seventeen is the number of the day. A rough outing again for Adam Wainwright. He was fine through four, but then he winds up going four and two thirds, seven hits, six runs, all earned. He struck out three and walked only one. And you know, in the first four innings, how was the fastball feeling? For Adam Wainwright, the Cardinal right-hander, who's going to turn 42 in a week from today. Yeah. Location-wise, command-wise, um, I just I didn't try to throw anything hard, obviously, but I was locating really well and going both ways with four seamer and cutter or and uh, sinker. So last game I had four seam, didn't have sinker. Today I had sinker and four seam, but I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell our fan base. What do I tell them? You know, what do I say? What can I say? What do I say to the fan base? How can you not appreciate that? This is a guy that has literally given his right arm to St. Louis over the years. And he's he's provided a great career. And as Brooke, as you mentioned, even if Adam Wainwright had last year's year, this year for the Cardinals, they wouldn't be any better off. They'd still be out of playoff contention right now if, if Adam had gone... 10 and 10 right now rather than uh, what, what's his record now it's not good 3 and 9 yeah. so if if he was 
rather than three and nine, if he were nine and three, the Cardinals would still be in a bad spot. It's not his fault. But here's a guy that really cares what you, as a fan, think. And I think that's to be admired rather than admonished. And that's what I was saying is, okay, for the people who are upset and nobody could imagine I don't care what you say nobody could have predicted that the Cardinals would have done what they did this season and also that Adam Wainwright would have performances like this nobody could have predicted that I know that you can point to well in September there were signs but one of the great things about Waino right is that he's able to make in-game adjustments and also adjustments on the fly that's why he's been able to last so long so to not think that he would able be able to do that after seeing that September <laughs> performance is crazy and what I was saying is that if you just look at this season and say that he had, you know, around a three ERA or what he's had in other years that you could say were pretty good, then they still would be in this position. He is not the reason that this Cardinal season exploded and has been detrimental where you're 16 or 17 games under 500. Yep. And, and we're going to have Adam at the bottom of the hour. And Adam, we all count him as a friend. But I'm going to make this point beyond the fact that he is my friend because I've watched the guy for 20 years here in St. Louis. If you are not a fan of Adam Wainwright, that's fine. But if you root for Adam Wainwright to lose or suffer, then you are inherently a terrible human being. And I I want you to know that. If you root for Adam Wainwright to lose and to suffer, you are inherently a terrible human being. And most good, rational people should want nothing to do with you. You could probably say that about People that wish that for anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just, if that's your everyday life, wanting mm-hmm. people to fail, you probably should reevaluate what you got yeah. going if, on. If that, brings, if that brings you joy, if, mm-hmm. if Adam Wainwright's struggles spark joy in you, then... Some people yeah. just like to, I told you, I knew I was right. Yeah. yeah, but that doesn't make it worth it. I don't know. He, he's, he's working his butt off. They're, for the most part, working their butt off. Just haven't had the, the result that they want for this season. And it's tough to watch. I mean, we are lifelong Cardinal fans. We are accustomed to seeing this team playing well, playing well in September, heading into October. We expect this team to be uh, in a playoff chase, playoff run, and and this year it's not going to happen, no matter (laughs) what the the numbers say, um, whether or not they still have a chance to make it. it, it's, It's not been great this year. And so retool, figure out how to get back to playing Cardinal baseball. I think figure out what Cardinal baseball is because yeah. I don't know that mm-hmm. they actually know what Cardinal baseball is at this point. Are, are, what are they? Are they going to be analytically driven? Are they going to use analytics as a tool but not as the the rule and, mm-hmm. and figure out how they're going to go forward for 2024, giving guys an opportunity to play um, this year I think would help you, but we're, we're not seeing some of those guys come up. I don't know. It's uh, it, it's tough. A lot of work at us, a lot of uh, reflection in that Cardinal front office. By the way, the Cardinals play at 1135 today, and Zach Thompson will go against Ortiz from Pittsburgh, and that's an 11.35 game on Valley Sports. Luis L. Ortiz for the Pirates. That's the Rush Hour Reset. Coming up, Michelle Smallman's going to start a new show right here on 101 ESPN from 5 to 7 in the morning on September 5th. And Smalls is going to join us next in the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With 
Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker and got great news last week when Michelle Smallman called and said, hey, I'm going to do the mornings at ESPN Radio. You're killing me, Smalls. Yeah. The best. Of course, she was uh, with me, with Carricker and Smallman, up until uh, about a year and a half ago. And she said, I got to go to New York and I got to give it a shot and take my shot. And she's taken her shot and... Starting on September 5th, Michelle will host Canty, Cohen, and Smallman on ESPN Radio right before us from 5 to 7 here on 101 ESPN with Chris Canty and Evan Cohen. And Michelle is with us now on the big-time celebrity line on 101 ESPN. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. And definitely still not a celebrity. So uh, we'll have to change the line to just Michelle line. How excited are you about getting this well-deserved opportunity, I might add? Oh, well, thanks, Randy. I am so thrilled. I'm as surprised as everybody else is, to be honest with you. This was not something that I thought was on the radar. I had um, been doing a lot of work with ESPN. I called myself America's fill-in because I was just doing any and everything that they asked of me, filling in on Greeny or Canty and Carlin, doing weekend shows. But the natural progression from where I was was maybe I would get a full-time weekend show or maybe if I was super lucky, I could do the the super late-night show, what uh, Freddie and Ian Fitzsimmons had been doing, not the morning show. So to get that <laughs> call, I was so shocked and obviously so thrilled and so grateful for the opportunity. Well, Michelle, we know that you've been working your tail off and we're so proud of you. It's been fun. Just like every once in a while when you're talking about filling in, I would turn on the radio and be like, oh, there's Michelle doing a wonderful <laughs> job. But I wanted to ask you about I know that you got to go to a City SC game this past weekend. What was that experience like for you? Warm? It was a little toasty. I'm not going to lie. It was a little toasty. It's been warm in New York City, but I forgot what a good old fashioned heater in St. Louis felt like. So that was a nice reminder. Um, but it was actually super interesting for me to go when I did, guys, because it was four years to the date that it was announced that St. Louis would even be getting a soccer team. I don't know if you guys remember the press conference when MLS Commissioner Don Garber came and Caroline Kindle was there. And it was, it was just such a, a great celebration and a realization that St. Louis was finally going to get something that we had been craving for so long and that we frankly deserved as one of, if not the best soccer town in the entire country. And to finally get to go to a game and to see the atmosphere, to see the supporter section, to watch this team who has exceeded all expectations in person. It was one of the most special sports experiences of my entire life. And I am so proud of that building and of this team and of the people that built it and it's just it's not a surprise to me that it's as great as it is because every step of the way the folks over at city knocked it out of the park but to really get to go in there and experience it and watch something that's brand new already be such an important part of the sports fabric in our community it was really awesome and i can't wait to get back to another game hopefully i can come back for the playoffs because you know this team's going to be there they will be. And Michelle, first of all, congratulations. I am so happy for you. I know you were thrilled. I am so happy that you uh, got what you, you, you went for. We talked about it, so I'm so happy for you, and I know you're going to do a great job, and I'm looking forward to it. Now, the St. Louis Cardinals. Go. Oh, my God. Come on, we're having a celebratory morning. So... What do you think about it? What what are you what have you you've been watching? I know you have. I know you've been keeping up. What are your thoughts on this team? Uh, we're we're living it, sister, every day. So you 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 mm-hmm. get to peeking peeking in and out. How what are you seeing from them right now? 
Not a whole lot, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, though, um, Michelle. It's your dad took you to your first game when you were two. Correct? Is that right? Yeah, I was super little. He used to tow me around everywhere. Yeah. So, but in your lifetime, you don't really, and I've talked to fans of your age about this a lot. This is so different for you, isn't it? Having the Cardinals not be great. It is so different. And my dad and I were actually talking about this the other day. It's the first time that you've ever been like, dismissive of them because even at times in my lifetime when they have got off to a bad start or they've been out of contention, you know, they were 10 and a half games back and they came back and won the world series. You know what I mean? This Mm -hmm. is a team that, that even if it was a slow summer or a really bad June or something, you, you knew that they would somehow find their way. And obviously that's not the case with this team this year. I still guys like going into the season, I was like, they're going to need more pitching. Like this is not enough. But I thought that they would still be a team that would figure it out and that, you know, Mo could make a move at the deadline to fortify them and that they would somehow still be um, at least in the conversation to win the division. Clearly that hasn't happened. But I will say this, Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, there are some really, really strong foundational pieces for the future that I'm glad are coming up and getting the seasoning that they need to to be able to carry us throughout the, the future. But this has been probably one of the big shocks of my sports life. I did not in any way anticipate that this team would be as bad as it is. Oh, welcome to the club. No, no, <laughs> nobody did here. It's, and it is because it's hard to process for a lot of people. And it's, I think for everybody, it, for them, for the Cardinals, for fans, how do we process the Cardinals being historically bad? It's something that we haven't done before. This is uncharted waters that we're swimming in. Especially because they have the likes of Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt. Like, if this was a team that you knew was tanking, you know, if this was the Pirates a couple years ago or whatever when they came out and they were like, yeah, this is what's going to have to happen. Or the Cubs, we're going to have to essentially tank to win. But it's going to work out. If there was the trust the process vibes around the team, maybe we'd be a little bit more. We would be upset. Don't get me wrong. But we would at least be resigned to the fact that this was happening. We have really good pieces on this team. And it's a, it's a year in which the division is not good. And it seems like they had a clear pathway to the playoffs. And we know the thought process is at least whether it's one we appreciate or not, the thought process in is getting a tournament and see what happens. And I think that while in spring training, we were upset that that was what we were going to have to deal with this year. We didn't think they were going to be this bad. No way. You will hear Michelle Smallman starting September 5th with Canty, Cohen, and Smallman here on 101 ESPN from 5 to 7 in the morning. Is it bad form? You know the lay of the land up there better than I do. Is it going? Will it be bad form if at some point during the course of your show's existence, if you thank Chris Canty for saving the world as part of the Giants that beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl <laughs> in 2011? Oh, no. I think that will be totally fine because he knows what he did. He knows what he's done for our society. So I'll be sure to let him know that you specifically said that. I appreciate that very much. I I say it every day. I think Eli Manning (laughs) is one of my all-time heroes. (laughs) And he's he's an American hero. But Randy, you've come around a little bit on Tom Brady, no? I totally came around on Tom Brady, yeah. When he retired. What he's done. Uh, No, Michelle and I, you always liked him, but I 
when he became humanized as a member of the Buccaneers, because he was with, with the Patriots, he, he was a robot, but he became humanized and, and a really fun guy for me. And I know that you're keeping uh, keeping tabs on what's going on with TB12. Is the because this is something <laughs> Carriker and Smallman are into? Uh, is the Kim thing yeah. real? No, he's dating a model now, Randy. Uh, he's he's so far past that. It's Irene, Irina Shayk, is that right? Yeah, yeah, they're dating 100%. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. it's all over the tabloids. Okay, I, I know that you, you got the word on the streets. You always were ahead of the, that game. Yeah, well, honestly, I'm just glad that he's retired because oh. I didn't want to do this back and forth. I'm glad that whatever he's doing in his personal life is enough for him to not come back because I didn't want to have to do this like, oh, he's – Considering coming back again, he's been training in the off season. The av- avocado ice cream is back in the mix. Maybe Tom Brady will come back. Like I didn't want that. You know, it's not a good look for anybody when you when you walk away. I know it's really tough, Carrie. You know this better than anybody. It's really tough to make that transition yes. as a professional athlete when your whole life has been discipline and being dedicated to your craft. But I didn't want that for him. I didn't. I did, he did it once. I didn't want him to keep doing it over and over and over again. So I'm glad that he's happy and that he's retired. Like. Just be great in your in your next chapter of life. Don't do it again on the football field. Okay, this is something that would have happened with Carriker and Smallman. I don't know if it'll happen with Canty, uh, Cohen, and Smallman, but I need wall-to-wall coverage of the wedding of Larsa and Marcus. Are they engaged, Randy? They're getting married. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Really? Yep. Okay, how do you feel about that? Are you okay with this? <laughs> I'm not really okay with it, no. And I'm I'm glad that Larsa has found something that sparks joy because we always had fun with her relationship with Malik Beasley. But I think that this is a relationship born of spite because she knows that Scottie Pippen will be furious that she's marrying Michael Jordan's son. I wonder if MJ is going to be at the wedding. I wondered that myself. <laughs> this can't end well for, for no. all parties, can it? No, but you know what is good for all of us is that we can watch it on The Real Housewives of Miami. We can actually watch the drama unfold on Bravo oh, or on Pika. Oh. It it's great stuff. That it's is. tremendous. I don't need to see that. Good. <laughs> so you're, you are very busy. Like, Tell us about a, a typical day because when you and I started a show, I think they told us on like a Friday and then a week later we were doing a show. But you've got some time to prepare. What are your days like leading up to September 5th? Um, so we, we don't get a ton of time. <laughs> this all just kind of happened um, really quickly. Like, they gave me the phone call, I think, on a Friday, and the New York Post broke it on a Tuesday. And we hadn't even organized everything yet. It wasn't even fully a done deal when the New York Post leaked it. But that kind of set everything into overdrive. So I guess shout out to the New York Post for caring about, <laughs> about what we're doing. But um no, it's been a lot, you know, to build a show just to give people a peek behind the curtain. It takes a lot of work to, to do a show day to day. takes a lot of work to build a show. It takes 10 times as much because you're trying to learn about your co-host. I mean, I had worked with Chris Canty for a week during the summer on Greeny, and that's it. And he was in a different location. We've never been in the same room together. I just recently met Evan for the first time. We've gone to lunch and subsequently uh, met one other time with um, new members of our team. But you know, I've been in a room with one of my co-hosts twice and my other co-hosts I haven't even been in the same room with. So we're going to have to get together. We have a lot of ideas. We have to find out about one another because chemistry is the most important ingredient with any 
radio show. I mean, TV too, but in TV you have the bells and whistles. You have all the graphics and the video and the outfits and the hair. So there's a lot more to look at. In radio, if people don't vibe, the audience knows. It's the most transparent medium out there. So I would say step number one is getting us all on the same page. And we've been talking every day. And I can't tell you how excited I am to work with these two guys every day. They are both so awesome. And I think we're going to have so much fun every day, which is great. But, you know, we have a show name. We're coming up with music, with graphics, with, uh, you know, we're talking about the new set that we're doing. We have a photo shoot. It's just every day there's this massive checklist of things that we need to do. And by the way, I haven't even talked about the content side yet. You know, we've got football coming fast and furious. So I'm doing a lot of prepping on football and uh, research and stats packets and making sure that when we hit the ground running on September 5th, we are all ready to go. So uh, it's a lot of work, but I'm really grateful for the work and I'm really, really excited to get going. Michelle, how are our Illini going to be this year? Uh, Carrie, I think that they're going to be in the mix. I'm just hoping that we can have a season like we had last year. If we could take a step forward from that, that would be great. I just don't know if they're there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I need to see it out on the field. What's your take on it? I am not enthusiastic about it at all. They lost a lot of people. They lost some good players. Mm-hmm. That secondary, you lost three players that went in the top three three rounds, the first three rounds of the draft. So I don't know how they uh, they get better. Offensive line should still be good. Running back, we'll figure out. Chase Brown is no longer there. I don't know what's going on at quarterback. We'll see. It's got a lot of question marks I, for I me, know. Michelle. <laughs> but I didn't think they would be that good last year, Carrie. So I'm just kind of leaning into the fact that yeah. I haven't been able to be optimistic about an Illini team in, I don't know, a decade plus. Don't, so be maybe Coach Bielma and the squad can figure it out. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Carrie. We're talking, obviously, so much NFL at the network. I am so pumped for Devin Weatherspoon landing in Seattle. Yes. I think that's the perfect spot for him. And I think he is going to be an absolute star there. I, I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, he's in a perfect yes. spot. Michelle, we can't wait until you get started. We'll be listening every morning to... Uh, Canty, Cohen, and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. It'll be great to have your voice back on in your hometown. Congratulations. Well-deserved. And as your show unfolds and as the NFL season unfolds, what we're going to do is once you, you get off the air at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock Eastern time, we're going to get you on at like 9.15 some days just so that we can continue having you talk after four full hours of intense <laughs> radio programming. Well, you guys know I'm coming on with you anytime you ask, and that's not talking, that's hanging out with friends. So anytime you guys call, I am there for you. And thank you, as always. You know, I can say it behind the scenes, but I want to say it here publicly. No one has supported me more than you guys. I mean, you check in with me all the time. You're constantly giving me encouragement. Carrie always sends me a star to hype (laughs) me up. He's a coach to the core to let me know that I'm a star. And without you guys, I never would have had the confidence to make this leap. So thank you. Thank you so much for all of your support and your love. And you guys keep crushing it because I love listening to you guys every day, too. So just a big old love fest over here. But thank you very much. Absolutely. And we'll hear you in the fast lane on Friday afternoon, right? I will be there. In studio. Awesome. Thanks, Michelle. Talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Have a great show. Talk to you later. Michelle Smallman. Again, September 5th, right here on 101 ESPN from 5 to 7, before us with Canty Cohen and Smallman. And you will hear Michelle on the fast lane coming up on Friday uh, somebody's out. I don't know who it is. But You're killing me, Small. There she is. Uh, coming up next on 101 ESPN, a little rock and roll before Adam Wainwright at the bottom of the hour on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. 
time for rock and roll. And Matthew Rocchio has some for us. What do you got, big boy? Well, let's give away some tickets. Speaking of a little rock and roll, no better time to give away some tickets than during rock and roll. Here's what we need to do then. We got tickets to a pair of lawn tickets to see Shine Down (laughs) with special guest Papa Roach. Okay. Next Sunday night, September 3rd at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. That's the night before Labor Day, kids. Text in to score free tickets. Answer a question now at 314-399-9646. 314-399-399. And find a bonus chance to win for uh, tickets for the show right now on the 101 mobile app. You can get all the details at 101ESPN.com. But uh, Matthew... How can people get lawn tickets to see Shine Down well, with special guest Papa Roach next Sunday night, Randy, September third? Randy, don't give away the answer to the question. But yesterday we were, we were debating. We were trying to figure out what genre is Shine Down. Shine gonna go, Down. We're going to go according to Wikipedia. What genre of music does Shine Down play? Remember oh, that. What is Shine Down? Shine Down. What genre of music does? Shine down play. Yep. Shine now, down. don't be mistaken, by the way, that Randy's <laughs> saying this, or maybe you, sh- you should. But the photos of what these groups look like—that looks like that. Yeah, very stadium, the stadium like country, the right? Peaky, peaky yeah. blinders. Yeah, that's kind of like what Luke. Peaky that's what like Luke Combs usually does. Glaucoma. 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 Combs. Combs. I don't know how to say his name anymore. Shine down. <laughs> All right, let's get into what 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 what, what, what would a uh, Southern Belle think of Shine Down? <laughs> oh, Shine Down. Well, that's just one of my favorite bands that you see out there because it sounds like a great country music Somebody band. I do the yeah. <laughs> Some of the textures are saying country. Uh, we'll see. If, we'll see if that's the right answer. <laughs> Let me tell you this: uh, they're from, as Adam Wainwright calls it, South Atlanta, uh, Jacksonville. No, South Atlanta. South Atlanta, Jacksonville. Uh, no T when you say Atlanta. Let's get into some, some sports news that has recently broke. Uh, Reggie Bush is suing the NCAA because they made a statement last year. Reggie Bush was trying to get his Heisman back, obviously, when the NAL came out. And the NCAA issued a response and a statement last uh, July 28, 2021. They said, although college athletes can now receive benefits from their names, images, and likenesses through activities like endorsements and appearances ncaa rules still do not permit pay for play type arrangements the ncaa infractions process exists to promote fairness in college sports the rules that give it govern fair play are voted on agreed to and expected to be upheld by all ncaa member schools the attorney for mr bush uh, has responded and says the ncaa statement is completely false and highly offensive the ncaa knew mr bush was never uh, even accused of involved in much less sta- sanctioned for any pay for play agreement which never occurred uh, Bush's required 10 year disassociation from USC ended back in 2020 first of all Reggie is litigious he got 12 yeah. million dollars oh. from the Rams he did uh, for slipping on the uh, the concrete concrete at, uh, at the the dome which the Rams were responsible yes. for Oh and my they, God! So the St. Yeah. Louis was taken out of the lawsuit. The Rams wound up paying him twelve and a half million dollars. Uh, would have been better to have him than Tavon Austin. <laughs> pay him twelve million dollars. Might as well get something out of it. But uh, it does seem like the rules changed. Uh, I don't know what the legal name of this is, but like, and I know it's not a criminal case, but it seems like the rules were different when he his parents got a house uh, for him playing for USC. I haven't watched the Johnny Manziel. Uh, documentary, but it seems as though he was getting a lot of benefits. Oh, and he yeah. won a Heisman, didn't he? He did. He didn't have to return his, did he? Because uh, the NCAA never really jumped on A and M. Why not? 
Because yeah, they aren't USC. Oh. Hmm. So Reggie Bush had to, uh, you know, if they came from my Heisman, I'd be like, you know what? I lost that years ago. I don't know where it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't find it. If you can find it, you can have it. Yeah. But you can't come in here to look for it either. Here's the thing, too. Uh, Reggie broke some NCAA rules, right? Um, Didn't O.J. Simpson get convicted of stealing his stuff? Yeah. You don't see him in the commercials, though, those Heisman commercials. No, you don't. (laughs) Yeah, he's missing a nose. (laughs) Come to think about it. Out on the porch? Nope, he's not there. He might be hiding in the back. I don't know if you want him on the porch. Oh, you didn't do the porch. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Oh, no. What else you got there? What are you trying to? Yes. I just want to say congratulations to Andrew from Kirkwood who wins our Shine Down tickets. Shine Down. Shine Down tickets. Also, I just, I just want to shout out, shout out to the one texter who is legitimately angry right now that we have no idea what we're talking about with something we're promoting. I think they uh, might have missed the joke. Okay. <laughs> so, shine what, what genre of music does Shine Down play? They are, according to Wikipedia. Just a rock band, not rock and roll, but mind you, that's that's sacred and you should never touch it. And it's okay. a completely different style of music than than rock. Uh, Brooke, apparently, it's Shine, very different. Shine down from from, from Jacksonville. Shine, <laughs> you you definitely probably wow. angry somebody. Oh, caps, so aggressive. <laughs> yeah, that was me, not Randy. Responded. Yeah. They said maybe you should do a little research before you start talking about something the station is promoting. Shaking my head. So sarcasm kind of goes over. <laughs> well, see, yeah, Carrie, just, when you shake your head, it creates a concave that lets things go over your okay, head easier. So, so as right you're shaking, over, don't worry, this it creates is, uh, a wind tunnel. Something in the in the business that we call a bit. Uh, Randy, so you're, you're, you're going too bits. far. Sorry, you gotta you gotta dial it back. This is clearly too much. Oh. Just, <laughs> just let it go. <laughs> sarcasm uh, is definitely yeah. nuanced. Yeah. Not many yeah. people. I, I've learned that. Yeah. Yeah. Wednesdays with Wayne Onexa on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Wednesdays with Wayno on the Opening Drive. We're talking life, baseball, and what's happening at Big League Impact with Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright. Wednesdays with Wayno is presented by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite contractor. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and it is Wednesday, and that means it's time for Wednesdays with Wayno. Cardinal right-hander Adam Wainwright joins us here on opening the opening drive every Wednesday. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Doing all right. How's everybody doing there? We're doing good. good. Two hours away from game time. i got to start with this, Adam. And I don't know if you're aware of this. I assume that you are. But at PNC Park in Pittsburgh, you had a career 370 batting average, 400 on base, 457 slug, 857 OPS for your career at PNC Ballpark. Were you aware of the I, – I know you knew you were prolific at PNC. Did you know that you were that good as a hitter there? Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Randy. I wanted to talk about that this morning. <laughs> uh, well, let me tell you, I mean, for a while there, the Pirates had, and I might be breathing heavy, sorry, I'm on my, on my day after pitching old man walk. Um, okay. The Pirates had like the first round, the first pick in the draft every year for a few years there while I was, when that was first coming up and. And seemingly they took a, a left-handed pitcher every year that threw like 90 to 91 with a little sink and a little cut and a little baby curveball. It's like they, they're like, one of these guys is going to 
be great. And if there's one thing I like facing in my life, it's a little, it's a lefty throwing about 90-91 with a little sink and a little cut and a little curveball. <laughs> so they had a whole, the one year they had five of them. Same thing, man. <laughs> over and over and over again. And so, um, you know, it was kind of like, it, it, early in my career too, I didn't pitch well there. But we always won anyways because they, you know, Albert Pujols was coming in, hitting <laughs> two home runs a game against those little guys. So, uh, but there were some good competitors too. But yeah, I liked facing those little lefties throwing ninety ninety one, you know, outer half down, and then just you know, yeah, oof, yeah, that was fun. You need an at bat today, man. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Okay, good. I need to. I need. To, I need to win a, a game or two, and then. And then we'll get serious on our batting practice after that. I like it. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you have plans on batting at some point this year? I know when we talked this time last year, you were talking about how you were disappointed that uh, pitchers no longer got the hit, and you really enjoyed it. So have you talked to Ali, and are you planning on batting? Yes and yes. There you go. (laughs) We don't get to know you. I'm going to assume there's going to be the homestand, the last one. I'm just going to go out on a limb. It's a big limb. I'm a a big guy. We're gonna see. What, we're gonna see what happens. We're gonna see what happens. Who knows these things? Who knows these things, Terry? But I'll tell you what. It won't be for a lack of asking. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, Wayno, I did want to talk to you about last night. Things were really going your way in those first three innings, and then it kind of went the other way in the fifth inning. With the way that things have really gone this season, does it feel like everything just has to go perfectly? And how do you handle the pressure of that? Well, I had a one hitter going into the fifth inning, you know, and uh, two different things happen in the in the fifth inning. I have a zero there. I mean, it's you know, I I just can't make excuses though. You know, that's just not how competitors do. So, um, I mean, I would love to have had a a perfect strike, called a strike, and we'd have had a zero there. I would have loved to have had a, one or two of those ground balls um, go go at somebody or something, but. You know what? You just can't do that. I mean, that's every that's that's pitching, that's baseball, and that's the way it goes sometimes. But the thing that's really frustrating again is uh, I gave up a bunch of two out runs again, and and, uh, and that just means you're one pitch away from making it happen, and didn't make it happen. So that's what I'm, that's what I keep getting stuck with. And uh, you know, it's I'll tell you, man, it's been one thing after another all year long, and and that's for the whole team. So we just got to keep. <laughs> We just got to keep grinding and keep going after it and keep expecting good things to happen. And hopefully eventually good things will happen. When you see uh, Wilson get frustrated like that, I'm sure that his at bat was frustrating enough. But as you said, some of those pitches that you were throwing should have been strikes as well. Do you you get excited when you see one of your guys kind of having your back like that? Well, I mean, you know, he was was calling a a nice zone. And then all of a sudden in the biggest moment, he got really tight. Mm -hmm. And uh, he started, he stopped calling corners, he stopped calling down. And, uh, and then all of a sudden when we come up, he's calling, you know, eight, ten inches down below the zone, and you're going, wait, wait, wait now, wait a second. <laughs> so, and, and, I, and here's the thing, though. Umpiring is just really hard. It, it is. I mean, I umpired in Little League for two seasons, and i tell you, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. And not, it's a lot harder when you got big league pitchers throwing good stuff that moves right the last second. You know, it's – you got to be on your game. It's really tough. So I, I don't, for one second, think it's easy. I also don't, for one second, want robot umpires. Mm. Uh, I think that would be terrible. I think it would be so bad for the game. 
for a couple reasons. So, one, the human element of the game is one of the most beautiful things of the game. You know, I, I actually miss some of the arguments and stuff that we have with when, when now everything's just like, well, we'll, we'll review it. You know, I mean, you know, I kind of miss uh, uh, an Aaron Boone uh, <laughs> going out there and, 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 and pointing around and gesturing all the Because, you know, baseball arguments are different. If you see somebody arguing in the parking lot, they're not pointing to the mountains and to the clouds and to the stars. And they're not, you know, their body language is not doing what, what a manager does. But a manager's got to show everyone in the, in the stadium exactly what he's thinking because they can't hear him. They got to show him with their movements. So it's entertaining. Um, two, if you had robot umpires, there's no more art to receiving a ball well or, or making a pitch look good on that outside corner or just off the corner. You know, there's no, there's no more art to that. So pitchers can just heave it in there, not, not caring where it goes. And the box will tell if it's a strike. And a catcher doesn't have to frame it well. He can just throw it up there and, you know, wherever, whatever happens, happens. And, and I just think that would the, the, the art, the artistry of, of pitching and catching would be gone. And I think that would be terrible. Well, you know, 95% of the umpires are good. I, I do think there is a group that needs to have a robot umpire because you can have, and last night you had a good home plate umpire. I mean, he's, he's a good umpire, but that inconsistency is what drives me crazy. And that would be the one advantage to me of having the automatic strike zone. Actually, there's two. Number one, consistency. And number two, the strike zone called the way it is in the book where it's at, at the middle of the chest. So that you, it forces people to swing the bat because to me, one of the things that happened in baseball and it happened during your career is rather than go up and swing the bat, guys came up to the plate wanting to take a walk. Yeah, we got Matt Carpenter to blame for that, don't we? Yep, yep. <laughs> well, in analytics. analytics. Well, you know what, though? If you've got an umpire who needs to have a robot umpire calling his strikes and balls, he shouldn't be calling balls and strikes. Agreed. That's just, that's just the way it is. I mean, there's plenty of guys who are really great. I'm sitting up. Let me tell you something right now. I'm sitting up here at the highest seat at PNC Park looking down on this incredible stadium over this great city those cool bridges in the background, the many bridges back there. And I don't tell, I, I don't, I don't say this lie. I think this is the prettiest park in all of baseball right here. This is it. Wow. That, and everybody that travels says that the two in the national league are San Francisco and Pittsburgh, but you've got Pittsburgh as number one is the most beautiful. Yep. I do. I, I just, this, they just did such a great job. I actually think Cincinnati could, uh, if they, if they redesigned their, their, their outfield wall, I think they would have something similar to this because they're right on the river and it could look over the city. It would be really great. Um, but they got that big old black, black like cardboard box looking boat thing in center that's blocking the the mm-hmm. great view. And they need to they need to they need to do what Pittsburgh did because this is unbelievable. Adam, I, I think I've heard you say, whether in conversation or at public events, how proud you are of pitching for the St. Louis Cardinals. And you said last night. Uh, what do I say to this fan base? And that is so unusual for an athlete to say that. And I just want to thank you for that on behalf, uh, because I, I'm a fan with access. I've, th- that's what I am. I, I'm, I never played. I, I don't have the knowledge that, that you have. But I look at it from an emotional standpoint, and that is an emotional thing for you, I know. What is it, or when was it, that you 
thought to yourself, you know what, I really care about this city and these people? Well, I mean, also, I, I think early on in in, uh, in my career, Chris Carpenter taught me, you know, the, the importance of of speaking to the media respectfully, you know, and and uh, and I and I took that to heart. But then, at some point in the, along the line, I realized that it's not just about the media. There's 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 hundreds of thousands of people, maybe more, watching this on TV. This this interview, and and so when I'm speaking to the media, I'm actually speaking to them. You know, I'm speaking to those people at home who who watched all nine and are now are now wanting to watch more. And they want a little glimpse into the game from the from the guy who was on the mound, and I appreciate that. So uh, the one thing I've always tried to do now now this irks some people because some people are like, oh, stop! He's telling the same crap every time, you know. And I and I understand that, but but for the people who do care, um, I feel like it's my responsibility to stand up and give honest answers for things. Um, tell them what I was thinking. What happened? What 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 didn't happen? What could have been different, or how I could have done things better? You know, and 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 actually stand up and and take that blame or credit, whatever it is. You know, it's good or bad. I think you have a, a a responsibility to speak to the media, but not just the media, but to the to the people, and and they deserve because they're pouring their hearts out for you. You deserve to pour. You have to pour your heart out for them, and so. Um, and, and I've always tried to do that, you know, whether it's right or wrong. I, I just felt that's the way I look at it. That's, I feel like the fans deserve that and need that. And and uh, I just try to give, you know, I give my best when I'm on the field. And then when it's over, I try to give my best when, when we're doing the interview, too. Well, Wayno, speaking of your impact, we had so much fun that this past weekend with your big league uh, impact event, getting ready for fantasy football. And if you don't mind, you shared this very touching story that I thought was great. It was great hearing that in person about a player named Mauricio Dubon and just how much big league impact has impacted his life and others. Yeah, so uh, I was pitching against the Astros uh, this season and, and, and uh the Astros beat us, and and um, you know I was just getting done with my media interview, and and um, I get a, a a text from our old clubhouse guy, who's now the visiting clubhouse guy, Rip Rowan, who's a great friend of mine. And Rip says, "Hey, hey, Adam, uh, Dubon would like to come over and speak to you and have you sign a jersey. I know that the game just got over and y'all lost, but is that something that you would be okay with?" I said. Yeah, you know, I appreciate that. Thanks for wanting to tell him to come on over. And so he comes over, and uh, and this is just where the the power of humanity just sometimes um, outweighs the power of baseball, and, and 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 maybe just shows that we're all big family in baseball too. But um, Mauricio comes over and says, hands me a jersey, and says, "Would you please sign this for me?" I I, I just always respected and and thought you were a great pitcher or whatever but i have to tell you a story i said all right what is it he said i'm from a little town in honduras right outside of coilos aldea where you and your um charity team came in and and gave us uh clean water you you built a a clean water project in the village there and uh, i just wanted you to know that 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 affected me like greatly growing up and, you know, allowed us to do a lot of things we wouldn't have been able to before. And I just appreciate you coming to my country and doing that for us. And I, you know, immediately you go from being pretty down about, about the game and, and, and 
the way everything is to go and man, okay, what I'm doing here in baseball is, is great, but there's a lot more to it. You know, there's a lot more that's going on than just the game on the field. And, and, uh, it was a powerful moment for me to, to know that what we're doing actually with Big League Impact and some of the other things we're doing with Water Mission, it's actually making a difference and, and changing people's lives. And, you know, you know that. I, I feel like I knew that. But when you hear those validating stories, it, it backs it up even farther. And, and that little town, i got to tell you, it is two and a half hours from anywhere that is a city, anywhere that has anything. And it's just in the middle of nowhere. And this town was, was is up on this way tall the uh, hill and it's just it's two miles it's just over two miles down to this stream where they were getting water uh, in a bucket and they would carry it back up this hill 2.2 miles to their house and uh in in order to get it up there it's not clean water you know it's it's river water but that's all they had so they were cleaning with it drinking it and cooking with it and washing with it and everything so um now there's a there's a clean water project at the very top of that that we implemented through uh, through Water Mission, which is an incredible organization. And uh, and 50 taps running from that water project all throughout the village, so that nobody has to go outside more than 50 feet from their from their doorstep to get clean water. You know, you go from 2.2 mile walk downhill and then back uphill with with a 40 pound bucket of river water to going right outside your door to get clean water. That's a completely game. That's a complete game changer. Plus, we installed uh, latrines, uh, bathrooms for for everybody in the in the entire community. That and and we got the partner. So if you, if one person wanted a latrine, the their neighbor that wanted the next one had to help build theirs, and then it, that just got passed down to the whole community. So it's just a complete game changer in the community. But um, you know, when Mauricio came over and told me that story, man, it just changed my whole outlook on everything right there. It just uh, grateful for the time I've had here just for things like that, just to be able to, to have a platform to go into a little town in Honduras and, and help and help change people's lives. Man, that was a real uh, powerful moment for me. Adam, I don't know if this was your decision, but I'm really glad that you and I are playing in different divisions this year. I think it's always terrible when the two best teams in a league can't play for the championship. So I'm glad that I'm in the Edmund League and you're in the Wainwright League so that in, uh, in Big League Impact Fantasy Football in St. Louis, you and I can play for the title. <laughs> yeah man you didn't even give me like a wow that's great that was a great story adam you just went straight to fantasy football. <laughs> i know he was so amped up i was, I was crying was so I was, good I was, and bad randy i appreciate your heart for fantasy. I, I was crying no, it is, it, what, what you do is phenomenal you know that, that we know that and it, what, what a great story and the, the you know the impact that you had on another major leaguer it's uh, mauricio dubon it's incredible <laughs> great story. Yeah, no, I'm ready for fantasy too, though, Randy. I'm ready for it, and I'm, <laughs> I'm you know, I'll, I'll miss the free wins that I get playing y'all every year. But, but uh, I'm glad, I'm glad we can, you know, have a chance to square off in the finals. And plus, the other day at our fantasy draft, in uh, in St. Louis at Bush Stadium the other day, uh, well, I can't say fantasy draft anymore. And our our fantasy draft kickoff party, we raised over a hundred thousand dollars the other day. So I want to say a big thank you to our uh, to our supporters who showed up that day. We got. Seven leagues of 12 this year. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I uh, want to say thank you to uh, Community America for being our big sponsor also. Fantastic. Well, you know, uh, let's get a win today from uh, Zach Thompson and then uh, continue the trip, and we'll see you when you guys get back home. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Have a great day. That's Adam Wainwright joining us Wednesdays with Wayno. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
Some fans are just ignorant and rude. Why would they not be grateful for all Wainwright has done for us and just be supportive of him? It's a shame that he's having a hard time and the fans coming down on him. That is just terrible. I hate it. Janet, thanks for the mic drop with the 101 ESPN app. If you missed the Adam Wainwright interview, you can hear it on the website or on the app brought to you by Dobbs Tire Auto Center. Also, Michelle Smallman, and I agree with Janet. Man, I'm glad that Chris Carpenter was uh, right at the beginning when in 2012 when he was struggling uh, because I do know that social media would have killed Chris Carpenter in 2012 and they would have killed Bob Gibson in 1975 and Bob Forge in 1988. I'm glad that these great... Cardinals before these guys uh, didn't have to endure that. And you know what I'm really glad about is that Adam, uh, that Albert Pujols didn't resign here in 2012. Mm. Because if if Albert has the last five years of that contract with the Angels, he would have right. just been eviscerated by the people on the social media. We love Janet. I definitely mm. thought Rock was saying a different Janet when you said Janet. Mm. Like a Janet Jackson? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's always what I thought. Janet. When you said Janet. I'm like, Janet oh. Jackson? Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Uh, yes. Oh, sorry. That Janet. Yeah. <laughs> that Janet. Yeah. But we love our Janet. Yeah. Too. We do have a balloon party coming up here on 101 ESPN at, uh, well, it's from what, uh, 10 to 11, because it's almost 10 right now, uh, with T Mac and Ajax. And then you've got BK and Ferrario. I think maybe minus Ferrario this week. Is yeah, that right? He's out of town. Family. Oh, family obli- obligations. Yeah, family and then trip. the fast lane coming up uh, this afternoon as well. Great job today by our producer, audio engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, this was fun. Yes. Uh, so you're being a Georgia girl today. Yeah. Even just, though you're at Tennessee, St. Louis. Yeah, yeah it's just it's a just shirt. A shirt. <laughs> okay, good. It's a shirt. It's a good yeah, I'm wearing a Folds of Honor shirt. Nice. Uh, CD's wearing a Hazel- Yeah. CD's wearing his uh, Hazelwood Central Hawks shirt. Go your face. We want to see your face. Who said that? You want to see my face? <laughs> uh, we're, we're back to football season, so you can go, go Hawks. Go Hawks. There we yeah. go. That's right. Yeah. That's uh, right. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great hump day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.